Do you have any test operation restricted area 2508? Area 31, Roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion, over. Roger, Aries 31. Continue to send at your discretion, over. Okay, Center. The traffic is approaching head-on, ultra right, and really moving. They're right by us right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a special show we have for you tonight. But first, let me introduce the members of the posse, or the Pousset, as the kids say in downtown Paris. Girls, get ready. Get your mister, get your fans, sit yourself down, get that extra big box of Kleenex. Wow, yeah. And that a comedy pack size of wipes because the very famous one one is here. Mm. Hello, girls. Welcome to the show. Hello, Mac. You know, we have a vast female audience here, and we mm -hmm. saw the numbers, didn't we? Yes, we did. I mean, it's amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing. It's amazing that it's more than one. A, yes. A cool array of. Uh, personalities here on the show. We have a lot of female listeners, uh, and we, uh, for we the first time, cracked the um, top 100 in Australia this week, and uh, so we're being heard. And that's amazing, because Australia's pretty hip. Around the globe, yes. And believe me, anytime I see something like that, I always write to the tracking company, and I say, is this really real? And they assure me that it is. So, anyway... Uh, one one, thanks for joining us. Now you're uh, dressed interestingly tonight. You got the uh, Rolling Stones tongue logo behind you. You got your scally cap mm -hmm. on that you've stolen my look. You've uh, also have <laughs> shades on, also my look. What's going on? I beg your pardon. I invented this look. Se seven weeks ago. Sure okay. <laughs> is there something you want to say to the audience that you might have said in, you know, in a previous recording that we're not going to use now? Uh, no, I'll let it ride. Oh, really? Now it's like, okay. uh, All right, let me know. move on then. I will move on. Uh, up there in the great state of Maine, the great white north, and his compound, what used to be a bunker, been upgraded, we know him as... Cover they the know, snow. There you go, snow. Not being code at this point. Uh, they know Ms. Coke on the street, but we know Ms. Commander Cobra. Cece, how are you? Hello, Commander. Good evening, Mac. As always, a privilege to join the formation of Mac Maloney's Military X Files. Mm -hmm. And one one, it's wonderful to see you back with us. Nice, thank yes. you. Always. Thank you. He was speechless there for about seven seconds. It seemed. No, I, I have missed. to. I have to slow. We're having a bit of a connection issue, so I want to make sure that no one's talking. So, like, don't run over anyone because that's a actual issue that I'm tired of letters from lawyers. Okay. okay. All right. We heard that. So listen, uh, this is a special show, a special night because we're calling it Coco Palooza. Okay. A lot about Coco girls. So, and ladies, so get ready. 
But before all that, before the fun starts, let me introduce our national correspondent up there in Battle Creek, Michigan, the Battle Creek of the Republic, Switchblade Steve Ward. Switchy. Great to be here tonight. Hello, Switchy. <laughs> hey, Wanwan. No, let me ask you something. I like the new look you got there. Do you? Do you like the you new look? You look about 10 years younger. He has a different, oh, he, he really? does have really? a. So, did you notice how fast he was? He was almost like the Flash. The Flash, wow, yeah. Wow, fast than yeah. I know in your intro. I switch. thought that was subliminal, subliminal, but no. Listen, but Switch, you you really do look, you don't look like a professor so much anymore as a student. Maybe a student, hmm. you know? Hmm. And and that and the pulling on the chin, we have to be a TV show because he looks very astute. You look like, you look like Gen Z, man. Whoever that is. Who? Generation Z. Oh, okay. Generation Z. We're at the Z now? So look, talking about Generation Z, Switch, this is the part of the show that most people like. This is the skew, as they say in the biz. Okay? And that is, what did Switch? What? The skew? skew, What? The skew for the hour. What did Switch have for breakfast? Now, I got a little hint. Somehow, a little bird sent me an email and said, hang on for this one. So, Switchy, please, what did you have for breakfast this morning? I had, of course, uh, accompanied with hot black coffee. Yes, drink a lot I had me. two slices of rum pound cake. Oh. <laughs> what? That sounds good. That was good. In the, the morning? Homemade or what? Uh, yeah, no. neighbor, neighbor brought it over. It's wow. Quick uh, question. Were you dipping the pound nice. cake into rum? At breakfast time, or was the rum part of the mixture of the cake when it was made? It was all self-contained. Really? Okay. All right. Now, hang on. That's really not an answer to my question. Right. <laughs> he can't remember. So, listen. Now, let me let me ask this. So, so, did you get a buzz? Did you get a little morning buzz there, uh, Switchy? I have to ask. The audience wants to know. I don't think so. I think everything, I maintain an even uh, strain. Really? Yeah. Wow. But yeah. those things are soaked through. Usually, any rum cake I've ever had is just soaked through with, you know, rum. You know, with all the re- references to John Keel, I would have thought you would have said an even keel at oh, that point. No. It seemed like it was asking for it. I'm wow. not quite sure what happened. Well, I just, uh, uh, Commander Cobra, I don't want to be predictable all the time. I want to kind of, you know, shoot from the hip. Hmm. Okay. Change wow. it up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you. Good for you. Send me the recipe to that, will you? Okay. But if I thought of it. Send me the recipe. Wow. Okay. Interesting. All right. <clears throat> um, I, I got asked, what you have for lunch? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, a uh, couple of scrambled eggs and bacon. Well, isn't that there breakfast? You there you go. Then that sounds more like a breakfast. I have that. I have that often for lunch. Yeah. Well, it's it just really? kind of worked out that way, you know. Do you really? My, yeah. My I've... bio rhythms are off a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. I can see that. I guess. I don't know. Whatever you're drinking, it's good to hydrate. Okay, so why don't we do this? This is the oh, okay. Looks like vodka. Oh, gin. Um, so this is uh, Coco Palooza, and I've gathered a number. Hey, Mac, before you go. Y- yes, yes, yes. I just wanted to throw this in. I'm sorry, we have a little bit of a delay, so I'm trying to work this in. Okay. Not be uh, too obtrusive. That's what you you mentioned said. Australia. Yes. I have about six to nine months uh, in that country. Okay. And continent. Yes. And. Two favorite cities. It's a tie between Melbourne and Hobart. Hmm. So for listeners in those two places, but I really, it's a fine, fine separation because I there isn't a place that I was in Australia that I did not enjoy or have a great time. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not wonderful the first country. Wonderful. Not the first 
person I've heard say that. And um, if you go there, supposedly, it's, uh, you know, um, all very good-natured, drunk people, guys, and every woman is beautiful. Do we have that right? It's, it's even a little bit better than that. Really? Um, and taking nothing away from my Aussie mates, yes. they tend to be a little bit more unrefined with the uh, ladies, or as they sometimes refer to them, Sheila's. Go ahead. And it makes us look like rock stars. Nice. We all look like wan-wans walking around there. Nice. So. I get it. Wow. And we we cracked the, 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 the top 100 podcasts. In Australia, so okay. I think if I met, met Nicole Kidman down there, I'd steal her away from. Really, uh, hey, listen, can I tell you something? What's his face, sir? We will get Keith the Coco Palooza at some point, but look, at I have a little confession to make. One, one, you'll understand. I watched. Sure. There's a movie that's around, made about Fox News. It's called. It's about the Megyn Kelly who sued Fox News, and, oh, and no. um, right. You know, it's that whole story, and it and it's it's really good. I mean, it's 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 compelling. You want to watch it? You, know, you watch like two minutes, and you want to watch the whole thing. Nicole okay. Nicole Kidman is it in out. it. She's in it. She plays Greta Carlson. She is. Yes, but she's in a blonde wig. Mm. She's in a blonde wig, and without the red curls, mm -hmm. uh uh, yeah, she doesn't she's, do it for you. No. No, I couldn't believe it. I lost a little interest. I know what you mean. You know, but I, I know mean, what you mean. I know that's well. It was nice being in the top one hundred of Australia. <laughs> right, yes, okay, because I guess <laughs> yeah. there's that a lot Southern of Southern Cross is sinking slowly on the horizon. <laughs> well, Thank you so much. We have to speak from the heart, Coco. Yeah. Are there well, a lot of some things from the heart don't need to be spoken out loud. Oh, in a voice. If I may, if I may invoke that voice too. We'll put this in the secret box and close it. Okay? <laughs> wow, inside kind of. So listen, why, don't why we are start? Australia Australian women so beautiful looking? Is that because I just see them on the movies? Is that what it is? Having not been in Australia, what what's going on there? I don't know why. Is it the weather? Is it the water? I don't know why, but it's something know, but it's you, you hear all the time, yeah, and, and there, there's some there's a kernel of truth in it. If you anytime you see anything in Australia, there always seems to be attractive women. I, I met a lot of Australians when I was traveling through Europe. Really, back yeah, seventy three. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. They're nuts. I mean, Australian guys. I, I once we played golf. You know, we we needed like to you know pair up with two people, and we paired up with these two Australian guys. They're insane. Nicely, they're like a almost like a, a refined Irish drunk in a way. You know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're yeah. not too bloody polite like Englishmen. Right. They're There's a little bit in there in between. And tough and yeah. It's 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 like yeah. in between an Englishman and an Irishman is an Australian, you know. So, but always so we're in the top one fifty, that's that's what you said. I mean, top one fifty. It, it was one hundred, but anyway. Okay, let's go. And they're very generous and they'll always party, no matter what the time oh, day no situation. No problem. No doubt about that. Wanna go have a beer? Yeah, let's go. And they drink beer out of those big cans. Now we definitely have – now we're not even on the top 200. Anybody who thinks Australian drink Fosters oh. is crazy. Wah, wah. They yeah. pack that stuff up that's, and send it to us. Do they really? Yeah. Kangaroo ad telling us how great it is. That stuff's awful. That's the biggest joke going. Is it really? Yeah, that's funny. One one fell fart. I did. I thought it was wonderful. It was awful. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. It's like Genesee or something. Don't ever, ever <laughs> dump on Genesee. Okay. I have that in my veins. I'm living up in upstate New York for 12 years. 
Oh, oh was it 14? Okay, can we Queen Males are, 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 are a very select crowd. Jenny Queen Male is one of the best. You have to drink a lot of it to appreciate the taste. But once you cross that yeah, river that's sticks, true about a lot of things. there's no way coming back. Like, we get to the 20 questions. This is Coco Palooza, okay? The whole show, well, it was going to be dedicated to Coco-ness, but Juan Juan, 30 seconds in, you know, lodged a complaint so we have to uh, do this with that. No, now. it wasn't a complaint. It was uh, a comment, commentary from Juan Juan. It was about a meow. The fascination over Cobra. And, and I included, I'm included in that group of people who are fascinated by Cobra every show that he's huh. on. And he's sorely missed when he's not on the show. Wow. Okay. You know. All right. Do you girls want to get a uh, fat free you know cookie? And I, I can see myself on Juan Juan's. Sunglasses the, from the reflection. Wow! Of yes. Computer. Let me. Uh, looking pretty good. Is that? Is that you can see yourself in, nice. in like bizarro world? Yeah. Reverse. It's amazing. Oh my god! Amazing. But, there we go. Yeah. Okay. Might have been one too many breath of fresh air, but let's see. Okay. Here we go. Number twenty. All right. These are questions I've always. You know, a lot of them is just stuff I've always wanted to ask you, and I figure well, I'll write them all down. Took some from the audience. At this point in the relationship, Mac, at this point, Mac, I can't believe you have not asked me everything you want to know. Well, let's see. We'll see. Okay. We've known each other over 20 years. I know. You guys years. are bros from way back. Coco I mean, Lapuza. You know, no holds barred with you two guys. Mm -hmm. It's okay. amazing. Right. Are we ready? Are we going to do this? <laughs> ready? It's, yeah, it's, let's do it. Okay, I'm ready. let's go. Okay. I'm excited. <clears throat> with bated breath, I am waiting for the first question okay it's going to be maybe now with this it, it, they're going to sound like they're going to sound boring okay but let's it's no never okay Matt, here we go. How, how can it be boring uh, why don't you take the first one there switchy want me to read 20 yeah read 20 okay all right commander cobra why is it that some small planes have three blade propellers and others only have two see i go by a small airport going down to the plan island yep. every day every day and i see and most of the private planes there have two-bladed propellers, but there's one that has three blades, and I'm thinking, well, maybe it makes it go faster or whatever. It's 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 a little bit of an unusual plane, but it, why? So why? Instead, some most have two. Why do some have three or even four? Well, the big from the engineer's point is a amount of thrust that the engine's going to produce, and the propeller turning around, which is just the wing, is going to produce this thrust. Yes. So two blades give you a certain length and a certain amount of drag that's going to be produced out of that. Mm -hmm. Three will produce, you would think, generally more lift, more thrust, but also that drag part goes up as well. So it really is very dependent on what the engine capacity is, how much mm -hmm. horsepower, how much you're looking to produce thrust. Right. Because when you add the extra blade in there on the propeller, you're adding extra weight, extra drag, oh, yeah, and yeah, you have yeah, to make yeah. it sufficiently powerful enough. Right. So in the case of some airplanes, especially airplanes where they move that propeller that's not fixed, mm -hmm. where you can adjust it, you're able to get more surface area, more thrust, more lift for thrust generated out of three blades or four. Yep. Um, generally, it stops at four. Yep. There are there are not too many that go five. There are a few out there that do six, but those are doing some really interesting uh, things to the prop. Right. So it's just a matter of trying to produce the maximum 
amount of thrust for the power that you're putting into the engine. Right. And that's not just for takeoff. It's yes. also for cruise and also for when you're uh, at, making your approach to land. Right, right. So I hope your kids took notes during that. But, see, that's that's one thing about airplanes is this, is and, and this much I know, is that from the engineering point of view, whatever you put on an airplane is going to weigh something. And you have to make up and not only costs. Yeah, not only do you have to eat even it out, you have to you have to have more power above and beyond that to haul that thing around with you. And, and what I don't understand, and we don't want to get into a long discussion about this, but the F thirty five, okay, which now everyone is kinda saying, Oh, it is a good airplane, great airplane, it's gonna be the most there's gonna be more of these airplanes made than any other airplane ever. It's a it's a fighter, it can do all these things, is a version that has uh, you know vertical takeoff and landing. But that carries around a fan engine in the middle, right? That isn't running all the time. Right. What? It's not actually a fan engine on the F-35 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't on the Harrier. Okay. Um, it, it, it's just, it's directing through a drive shaft off the engine, that thrusting producing fan. And then when it moves to forward flight, it starts to shut that down because the wing starts to take lift. It's very okay. similar to what we did in the X-49. Okay, but... but the wings and the rotor uh, for the compound helicopter. When you got above 60 knots, the wings were producing lift and you had less requirement coming out of the main road. Right. Same kind of thing happens with the thrusting versus the thrust that's coming out of that spinning fan in the center of the air. But but don't, aren't you hauling that thing around for a long time when it's not doing anything? Yes. But what you, the advantage that you got back was that you could be a lot closer to the battlefield. So instead of flying from a further distance to get to where you need to go, you okay. can be very close mm. to where the action is, okay. so to speak. That makes sense. Take off, make that transition. So now instead of flying for 45 minutes to get to the spot, maybe hitting a tanker, you're in the game in 20 minutes and you're uh, delivering ordinance or doing whatever the mission requires. Yes. You may not be able to stay as long. Right. And when you're flying as a pure airplane, you have some penalty, no doubt, out of that, but you were there sooner. So right. it's a trade-off. Yep. Okay, number 19. I'll read number 19. This kind of leads right into it. Why don't they give why don't they have parachutes on helicopters? Um, actually, if you're talking on the physical aircraft itself, no. there's no really good place to put okay. it. Although that was uh, thought of and attempted in the sixties. Okay. Um, in the Air Force, we did fly with uh, parachutes during air refueling when I was in the Air Force in the 80s. Interesting. So you, you were high enough that you could get out of the aircraft, and if you were not in one of the seats, you had a pretty good chance of maybe getting outside the ramp or going outside one of the doors. So well, that was a very uh, demanding operation. Yes. Uh, as the years have gone by, the helicopter, uh, heli- the crew, pilots and, and crewmen, uh, just do not wear shoes normally. Mm-hmm. Now, when you get something like an Apache or a Cobra, yep. it's not very easy to bail out of the aircraft. And obviously, uh, ejection seats were played with. But again, going back to that weight penalty, plus you'd uh, have it was to come. way too prohibitive to weigh. And yeah. you had the issue of trying to get through the rotor blades. So not you made the idea. rotor blades go away first, and then you. So in most cases, helicopters are very controllable down at the surface of the ground unless you had major catastrophic failure right yes okay. uh, if you still have moving rotor blade you can control it for the auto rotation mm-hmm. really very well and you practice that all the time you're very very proficient at that right so that's the main reason you fly very low it's very difficult to get out of fly uh, low for the small helicopter right and in some cases 
like I said, the larger helicopters that are up at altitude, you could wear shoes. Uh, we stopped about the mid eighties, uh, as I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. the airport. Okay. I I'll read the next one uh, switch. Then you can have the one after that. Okay. Um, so question 18. Right. Now the, the U2, the Lockheed U2 was a spy plane that was put together late fifties, early sixties. And basically the reason it was put together was they wanted to fly over the Soviet Union to see what was happening with the Soviet Union. Are they doing, you know, nuclear tests? You know, how many bombers do they have? So it's basically we spied on the on the Soviet Union for a long time with these things. <clears throat> they flew so high that they didn't have a missile to shoot them down. Now my question, until they shot down Gary Powers, that's another show. My question is this. Did the Russians... Did the Russians ever have a version of the U-2? Did the Russians ever have an aircraft that, you know, flew, overflew us and spied? Specific part, if you're asking here, Mac, uh, about the uh, U-2, you have to be, I have to be very cautious how I answer this. The Soviets did huh. attempt yes. to produce an aircraft like it. Yes. And they did fly and do some research, but they were never able to quite perfect it. Yes. And part of the reason I think that is more than anything else is they, they never were required to develop a tanker capability mm -hmm. because most of their operations in the Soviet Union they and the way they had their satellite countries, their ability to project um, aerial reconnaissance yes. was greatly restricted by the fact that they did not produce the ability to get that to go forward. Um, and no one has ever come close to what the SR-71 did. Right. The only thing that's probably close to it is the SR-72, uh, which <laughs> okay. is rumored and not a lot of detail about. So, so, so no, the, the Soviets, uh, now Russians, uh, they did produce some aircraft very similar to it, mm -hmm. uh, but nothing with quite. Wow. NSA. The capability. Okay. And quite honestly, I have to throw a little dig at the Air Force. They right. seem to really want to be able to get rid of the U-2. Yes. And the Global Hawk is going to replace it, and yet the Global Hawk could not could not do some of the things that the mm -hmm. manned uh, U two can do in terms of altitude plus right. the deviations that can be made by a pilot that's flying it. Go on YouTube sometime, and there there are a number of videos on them. Basically, they take a you know like a GoPro camera up on a U two flight, and it's crazy, man. I mean, it, it's one long kind of climb, and by the time they kind of level out. You can see it's like you're in outer space. You can see the curvature of the Earth. I mean, you can really see the curvature Absolutely. of the Earth. It's it's amazing. Juan, Juan, you want to say something? Well, uh, what you just said about flying that high. I mean, what, what's the altitude that you have to reach in order to see the curvature of the Earth? Ninety thousand feet, maybe. Well, I think anything above sixty-five or so, you start to see that curvature. But I'm going to give you the best description I ever heard from a YouTube pilot describe what it was like to fly. He says, "You know, when you're standing on the ground and you look up in the sky and you see an airliner at thirty-five thousand feet. Yes, mm -hmm. that's what I see when I look over the side of the whale of the YouTube. When I look down, I see that same airliner thirty-five thousand feet below me. Wow, wow. Okay. so seventy thousand feet or so, right? Yeah, that's yeah. It's a whole right. different. Uh, it's a whole different way of flying it. up there too." It's very strange, you know. You're, you're what a perspective. So anyway, yes. Yeah, so next question, please. Twenty questions for uh, Coco in the Coco Palooza show. Go ahead, Switchy. I uh, please explain the phrase. If it looks good, it flies good. Uh, there is a certain uh, visceral 
uh, romantic uh, angle to all pilots that when they look at something that looks like it uh, should go fast or fly well, you believe that. Um, in general, that tends to work uh, out. And when it doesn't, it works out not in absolute great magnitude. Um, there are some airplanes that look like they should fly or look like they were really classically uh, well-designed and they were a disaster as soon as they got in the air. And not to pick on our Russian Soviet friends, but they tended to build some right now very, very pretty aircraft that were uh, not very well controlled or not very well designed airplanes. Very difficult. Right. Um, there are, but but when you look at like the classic airplanes, like in my mind, uh, <clears throat> the P fifty one Mustang, the F eighty six Super Saber, um, the F sixteen. The F-15, the F-22. I mean, there's the the P-38 Lightning is another one. There's something you and, and the and the um, Spitfire. You you look at it, and it's like it just looks like it can go fast or something. You know what I mean? Or, or it looks like it's already going fast or something. Um, yep. There's it's, a streamlined it, design or something to them. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, I've heard pilots say that. So anyway, uh, next one, please switch. I, I I just need to throw it in there for the community. The A10 doesn't look very pretty. Mm -hmm. uh, it's considered a fairly ugly airplane, and it's probably one of the greatest airplanes we ever produced right. uh, yeah. in this country for what it can do. Sadly, the production line ended way too early for that. They could still be making them today, I think. Yeah, those and are good really planes. Yeah, a great airplane. <laughs> They're not they, sexy. Though. Ugly. Uh, sometimes we. Sometimes we, the line that they use for the F-4 is another airplane that did an incredible job. It was probably one of the best mm -hmm. fighter, fighter bomber aircraft ever built that could do both roles pretty well. Right. So yeah. um, sometimes looks don't count for everything. The one you left off that I always thought looked like was a, a jet, and I got to fly it, and I absolutely loved it, was the A-4 Skyhawk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good looking yeah. little airplane, yep. scooter, and yep. uh, it was, you know, it was designed, well designed by him. That's what uh, John McCain flew. Uh, during uh, yes, his Vietnam days. Anyway, okay, so now yeah. next question, please switch it. Uh, okay. <clears throat> battleships replaced huge wooden warships. Aircraft carriers replaced battleships. What will replace aircraft carriers in the future? I think the aircraft carriers are around probably for another at least decade, maybe two. Wow. I think what's going to change is very much uh, what has happened in uh, Macaloni books, where you're going to have- On sale everywhere. Um, you're going to have a change in how we're able to do what we do on ships. I think you're gonna find more ships that look like tankers or cargo ships that are actually gonna pack a punch. They're gonna put uh, missile technology on them with these portable missile systems that are precision. You have things like the X-35, correction, the F-35, mm -hmm. that has a vertical takeoff capability that will allow them to uh, to launch and they'll look like merchant traffic that's out there. Yeah, wow. That are gonna be able to do and produce. Mm -hmm. So I think that the aircraft carrier still has a centerpiece for the projection, for the mm -hmm. power projection that it can do. It's around for a while, but I think you're gonna see more carriers and that are going to be smaller. Smaller okay, up. and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the fruition of sub uh, submarines that have uh, that kind of capability uh, 
enhanced to what it does now comes along and is going to be a very important part of it. Right. To me, the ultimate way to answer this is either things in orbit uh, that are able to engage on the surface of the Earth. Yes. I think that's where you'll see an interesting, maybe the Space Command will be, or Space Force will be able to capitalize that. The Air Force can't see that because they, they're not used to putting things on the ship. They're used <clears> to putting <throat> things on the bases. Right, yeah, sure. I always thought the Space Force should have more of a naval kind of understanding because the Navy is used to putting a large vessel together and then applying all kinds of military technology to it. Yes. We should do a whole show on the Space Force, but it's much too early for that. So one more, and then we're going to take a break. I'll ask this one, okay? Number 15, true or false, people in the Coast Guard think sailors are chumps. <laughs> Is a question in there? Yes. True sailors are chumps? True or false, do Coast Guard people think that U.S. Navy sailors are chumps? No, I don't think so. I never heard I, that. I think that what we in the Coast Guard like to uh, tell people, and I, as you know, I spent a lot of time with the Navy, and I and I love my time with the Navy. Go ahead. We're the hard nucleus by which the Navy formed around in time of crisis. Yes. The Coast Guard is the is the center part of the atom, and the and the Navy brings the rest of it to the shell. Um, huh. All fairness, um, the uh, the Navy and what it does and how it does its mission is nothing less than stellar. When you consider that uh, huh. what we take for granted when you're out of base has to be reproduced on a ship. Go ahead. And it has to be reproduced by a very limited number of people. Right. And quite honestly, when you leave the shore and you head off underway, it's very different than any other service. Mm -hmm. You are pretty much on your, on own, your own and at yep. war. Yeah. Yep. That's why the right. Navy's cooling away. Good this observation. Is, this though. is kind of a joke, but that's why the Navy's cooling away because they come up with gadgets because you have to, like when you're on a ship, everything has to be you're either folded away or some way you can fold it away. You know, it's mm -hmm. space is such a premium, especially like on a sub and stuff. And, and like on aircraft carriers, you know, lots of naval airplanes, their wings can fold up. That's another thing, you know, you don't see in regular jet fighters or whatever. Fold right. up. That's some... a big part of the compromise you have to make for an airplane getting on an, on an aircraft. Carrier. Right. Yeah. It has to be able to fit compactly with you know seventy to eighty other airplanes. And it also has to have an, an undercarriage. And on ship, and Switch probably can, can <laughs> attest to it that you don't have as many bunks as you have uh, men deployed right. on the ship. Yeah. Because sure. you got guys that are on duty. They don't need a bunk at that moment. Well, you're sleeping in their you bunk. Leave, you sleep in that other guy's okay. bunk. I, I, that I could not do. I don't care. Yeah. I'd mutiny. I, I, that's, that's called hot racking. Yeah, no. Yep. Mm -mm. No. 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 Not for me. Two, two racks shared between three people. So that, yeah. that, that's see, that's sick, man. That's sick. But listen. Uh, in, <laughs> in the uh, It disturbs your sleep when the guy has to not going to have an empty rack with a guy that's on duty. Come on. <laughs> you know, hey, he might get sick. You don't know. <laughs> look. I might get he he, he might get confused. He does he thinks he's not supposed to be on duty. But anyway, look, Switch put a lot of time and effort into uh, the images in back of him. Now, we're a radio show, but so let me try to uh, narrate this. There's the kind of life preserver that the Coast Guard guys got. It has a little ducky on it. Uh, okay, looks like Mickey Mouse also on a Coast Guard ship. Okay, there you go, Coast yeah, Guard. Can I just quickly add why we're down memory lane? Here? Falling asleep. Go ahead. More, more rubber duckies. Popeye was a Coast Guardsman. Was he? He was? Was he? He don't. He's, he's, he was? He's, no. Popeye. Popeye was a Coast Guardsman. 
How I do don't think. That? Yeah, you're, you're going to have to prove so that. The song there. goes, Pop by the Sailor. There you, you know. go. Yeah, and he was a Coast Guardsman. Yeah, did you want to place some money on this, gentlemen? Because I <laughs> no, love taking money from uh, Navy, No, wait a minute. Uh, hold on a second. Hold on. Hold Navy on. Squids. I hold love on. taking money from Squids. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not true, but I'm shocked to hear that. Spoken like a true Navy guy. Listen, talk to me. I've never been in the Navy. So you're saying that sometimes. Bye was a Coast Guardsman. It's, it's a semantic thing. Are you saying he was in the Coast Guard? He was a Coast Guardsman. Yeah, he was not a Navy sailor. He was he in was the U.S. Coast Guard. Coast Guardsman. Sailor. I should bet him 20 bucks. Well, I, can, I don't I believe, believe it. it. I, I, yeah, he no, always seemed to be on land with hanging out with olive oil all the time. Yeah, so it's like, think of that. It's like hey, being in Newport, Rhode Island. I was a sailor, but I you knew. know it. Though. That was five that was seconds, by the way. <laughs> five seconds, he went from Popeye to him. <laughs> In olive oil. Actually, it was less than that by my clock. Was it really? Wait, wait. You're on a delay, so. I might have seen less than that. So, anyway, <laughs> a lot of olive oils down in uh, Newport there, JJ? People want to know. Yeah, but you know what? My, my problem was is that I kept going home too much. I, I didn't take advantage of the situation as, as much as I could have. Don't, going home with in, your. Being in the land of the mansions. To your families? You know, the mansion tour. And, Did you go home to your you know, family? Your family? Yeah, like your I mother? had a girlfriend. I had a girlfriend in uh, Massachusetts. Okay. So All right. Like a jerk, I kept going back to that. Oh. Instead of really oh, instead of, you know, taking advantage of being in Newport for crying out loud. Right. I could Newport. see if I could see your Please. family saying, "Wasn't he supposed to be in the Navy? Why is he here all the time?" I didn't time? even know there was a base in Newport until I got sent there. Wow! <laughs> Another show. Newport. Okay, now there's Popeye. Now, uh, Switch has just put up a uh, image of Popeye. He looks like he's he looks to me like he's in the Navy. Frankly, he's got the Navy tattoo. We won't go into this too much. He's got he's, that Navy swagger too. He's got the spinach. He's, he's you know, definitely the swagger. He does have the swagger. <laughs> you can tell that by okay. a still image. Right. <laughs> he talks like well, he's we know got the a cartoons. The cartoons are hilarious. He talks like he's got a uh, mouthful of marbles, but, but yeah, right. And always with the Bluto and the olive oil. Okay, but to me, Bluto he looks was... like he's a say. He's in the Navy. I, 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 all right. So what? So I'm gonna bet you twenty bucks, Coco, and and then what? How are you gonna prove it to me? He's stunned. Okay, I'm gonna send this to. Uh, I'm gonna send this to Twitch uh, on the break. Neutral site. Okay. He yep. can read it. Okay. Now wait a minute. Okay. Hold it. So, so I are we at a break right now? Not yet. Let me think this over. Um, okay, ten bucks. I'm gonna say ten bucks. I you Google it. It says he's, he's, he's in the Coast Guard. Okay. I Never mind. It. Let's take that break I now. Google. <laughs> this is. Somehow this has been Coco Palooza. I don't know. Went off the rails a little bit. Coco, thank you for saving me 20 bucks. I mean, JJ, thank you. Uh, and uh, it's all about Coco tonight, but why don't we take a commercial break now? And we'll come back and we'll do the rest of the uh, questions we've always wanted to ask Coco on the special show. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military X-File Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Hong's Hats, 
and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a foreword by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Back everyone to Mac Maloney's Mill Drag Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac and Ronnie. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. A special show. Coco Palooza. Everything you ever want to know about Coco. All Coco for two hours. But we've had a little back uh, behind the scenes fighting, but let me introduce them anyway, girls. Let's just say you have all your, you know, all your gear around you. The very famous Juan Juan is here. All the paraphernalia. Paraphernalia, right, yes. <laughs> yeah, female <laughs> products. <laughs> The toys? Uh, I, I didn't go down that road. You chose to. So listen, <laughs> everything okay with you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Everything's great. Is it really? Yeah. How do you think the Coco uh, Lapuzas is going? I one dog, and I'm trying, trying okay. to get over that. Okay. I was going to ask you, how do you think the Coco Lapuzas is going? Oh, oh, that? Yes. I think it's hilarious. The, oh, I, I'm learning the, a lot because he's such a he's such a scholar of... Uh, Aviation. I mean, that was his gig. Right. It still is. Yes. And somehow we worked Popeye in there. So, hey, we, we hit the all fields. Yeah, we did work Popeye. Let yeah. me introduce It's him. a military connection, so that's good. Right. right. Um, and he saved yeah. me 20 bucks. We haven't talked about Popeye in a long you time. Did. No. Listen, we run into a couple of olive oils along the way, though, as it turns <laughs> out. But another story. <laughs> Listen. We've all known an olive oil, haven't we? Um. But Olive Oil was a good person. See, that's that's the thing. She was a good person. Okay. She was nice to him, and uh, yep, yeah. When you say nice, Popeye was nice sure. to her. Yeah, he must have liked her because you know he was always pursuing her. They're inseparable, right? Well, until well, Brutus, yeah. yeah, right. He couldn't get anybody else. I yeah, think. he couldn't get anyone else. I think. Right. He couldn't. She. Couldn't. Olive Oil was trying to play hard to get all of them. <laughs> oh boy, good for her. So listen. Speaking of olive oil, up our mind. up there in the um, Great White North, the uh, the star of the show tonight, Coco, come here in the Cobra. We're going to have to clap, and I'll sweeten it up. Okay, please, guys, clap for him. Good evening, Mac. Thank you. As always, a, a, a real privilege to be wow. part of the formation of Mac military. Okay. And we thank you for it. Yes. We're indebted to you. For every, all you've done, week. right, so. in, in the service and out. Thank you. This is yep. your night. Thank you for your service, as always. But let me uh, introduce Ringo here, okay? Up there in uh, Battle Creek, Battle Creek, Michigan, um, on drums, our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward, Switchy. Ringo. Uh, yeah, I knew that was going to land well. <laughs> I knew that was going to land well. That's going to leave a mark. In the Why? Back. No doubt about it. Sorry I, about that switch. I'd, uh, if someone called me Ringo, I'd take it as a compliment. 
frankly. Yeah, with uh, all, the thing, all the things you've said about drummers over the years on Macaroni's Ball well, the X-Files, well. it's a real compliment. Those are just yeah. jokes. No, Ringo is, and JJ will back me up on this. Ringo or is Charlie Watts. Ringo is like in the top five drummer, rock drummers, right? Yeah. I can name right. them. I mean, it's 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 Ringo, it's Charlie Watts, it's uh, Alan White. Alan White, um, um, the guy Bill from Bruford. Toto, the guy from Toto, yeah, Bill Bruford, the, the top ten, you know, top ten, um, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a there's a number of them who are just. So all those remarks about what do you call a guy that's really fun and hangs out with the band? No, drummer, no, no, no. That doesn't on. apply here. Why do you have saying. to bring? Why do you bring okay. that up? <clears throat> why do you have you to suck the energy out? Maynard G. Krebs, Maynard G. Krebs, another phenomenal drummer. Yeah, right. He was a drummer. Yeah, yeah, bongo drummer. Bongo player. Oh, bongos, okay, yeah. Okay. Percussionist, as they say in the biz. So listen, all right, so we're in the middle of oh Switchy had uh two big um two big pieces of rum cake today for breakfast, and he is still saying that he didn't get a little bit of a buzz, as the kids say. You sticking with that, Switchy? Yeah, I was uh I was in control uh, the whole morning. Okay. I mean, did you have the? Did you still have the beard when you uh, had the rum cake? Yes, I did. <laughs> and then you shaved off I in between. Had more hair. <clears throat> oh, wow. Okay. okay. I went and got a haircut. And oh, I took the switchblade, shaved it off. Oh, he went to get a haircut. Interesting. Yeah. Did you go to like supercuts yeah. or something without going into too much detail? <laughs> no, I went to a good old fashioned barber in town. Really? Yeah. Okay. Good for you. All right, keep them in business. Yeah, I went to a Supercuts once, and may maybe people don't know what Supercuts are. They're basically a quick haircut, right? Wanting, would you say? Ever go to one? Yeah, but they're, they're, a, they're a style of symposium, but they're sort of a chain style Chain, right. I had a, I had a, yeah. I shouldn't say, I had a haircut there once, and the, and, the, and the girl straddled me like you might get like in a, you know, a strip club. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. I yeah. get it, yeah. Right on the leg, yeah. yeah. I said, "Wow!" So, what hairs were you getting cut, Matt? Uh, yeah, I know. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I got to drive forty miles so did, did to you, smack you. you. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Switch. Did okay. you move? Excuse me. I think I I might have known. They tell you not. Well, you know, she, they tell you not to move. You. Did, you, did you move and get get like half your uh, uh, side of your head? I couldn't. Off? I couldn't afford that, frankly. So yeah, no, I just I was. <laughs> <laughs> believe it. I stayed in place. I know. You know, it's been a long time since I've been in a barber shop with a pole in it, but I'm going to have to start <laughs> well, looking into that. It had red stripes oh, no. on it. He, yeah. was, he was strapped in on this one. Yeah. It was like, I, wow. I know, the, I know the place. It's it's in a town near where he lives. He used to work on their computers. Okay, okay. I don't think yeah, whose computers have you not worked man, on? Everywhere. Man, I've worked on everybody's region. Don't you sign like something? Time, to at what time or another? I Dan Brown, Mac Dan, Maloney. Oh, I know don't, Dan Brown. Don't get into Mac that. Mac Maloney. It's unbelievable. Don't get into that. Don't get into that because there's a little backstory that came up today on that. Juan's yeah, good friend. That's right. Right. So anyway, so why don't we get to, to send that to to Cope. This is Coco's night. So why don't we get back to the questions, okay? And I think we're on uh, are we on fourteen switching? Fourteen. Okay, yeah. let me uh uh let me ask this one, okay? Okay. Okay, if if you're in an airliner and it something went wrong. Okay. Let's say it ran out of fuel. I know that wouldn't happen, but how far would it be able to glide? Now, this is a it depends fully on the altitude, Mac. Oh, let's say what were they fly at? Like thirty-five thousand feet? Yeah, you could. Pro I would say you probably 
on average have a three or a four to one kind of uh, thing there. Okay. So I would say you could probably glide maybe, depending on our conditions, 30, 35,000 is what we're saying. Hmm. You could probably glide 10 to 20 miles. Oh, yeah, huh? Okay. Hmm. Well, I thought it'd be a little longer than that, but no. I mean, are you in control at all? Oh, yeah. You're in control. To a, it depends on how bad the condition is. If you ran out of fuel, right. and that has happened, yep. Um, you generally start, you're running on battery power at that point, and you don't have complete full authority mm. with all the different uh, flight stuff, air, uh, flight control, airfoil type devices. Right, right. If you still had fuel that you could run what we call the auxiliary power unit, the APU, you might be much like in your books when we talk about the rat being or something like that. Yep. Um, you uh, you might have the ability to still keep hydraulic fluids and things like that running. Good to know. So that you can uh, still maintain certain amount of control. Uh, right. But in general, uh, pretty grievous situation. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah, yeah. The plane is lighter. If the plane is lighter, you can go sure. further. Obviously, if you have a tailwind, it's going to physically move you over the surface uh, quicker or greater distance. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So there's a lot of considerations there, but Hope not, it never not happens. a uh, very good uh, thing to happen. That's the reason why we have multiple engines on uh, airlines. Oh, right, yeah. Happen. What what are the chances, right? So uh, let's see. Question number 13, please, Switchy. Uh, question number 13 is, what is the worst jet fighter built in the last 50 years. What's the worst design? First jet fighter built. Yep. Boy, uh, do you have any particular part of the world you want to no, put it in? Or are anyone. you saying from the U.S. perspective? Anyone. Uh, Madagascar. Yeah, their Air Force. Is I great. would probably say, although I actually like the airplane quite a bit, uh, the F-7 Cutlass was an airplane that it was dubbed oh, yeah. the Ensign Killer in the United States yes. Navy. Yes, yep. Uh, swept wing, very advanced design. Um, Big it had a lot of uh, very, very, in, uh, mostly a kind of a or a flying wing kind of concept, mm -hmm. the way the engines were mounted on it with the rudders on the end of the wings. Twin tails. Um, uh, very big, interesting airplane. Big canopy. But big. it just uh, it just did not have the kind of uh, computer fidelity hmm. to uh, to carry the day, and it was underpowered. And that's that was the big problem when the transition between propeller-driven airplanes. And jet airplanes mm -hmm. in that era, there was a lot of airplanes that were uh, uh, not uh, very effective because right. they just couldn't put the thrust on. They didn't have the yeah, they, it's funny because that. and then you didn't have the fidelity to, to to do some of the things you do now. People that flew those airplanes, including pilots that I've met that did survive and flew the Cutlass uh, for the Navy, mm -hmm. uh, love those airplanes and loved them because they were in them and it was their airplane. And that's usually what happens. Right. Uh, uh -huh. Soviets had a couple in there that were some real, real wonders, uh, mainly because they, they seemed to be copying what they saw being produced in the West mm -hmm. and made a version of it. And again, lacking some of the uh, fidelity, nothing, taking nothing away from Soviet uh, slash Russian engineering. They, some excellent uh, engineering that's gone on there. Okay. But they're willing to make compromises because they don't have the same kind of safety concerns, right. at least in my opinion, Right. Um, that went with that. And in those days, uh, early uh, 50s, the early 60s, um, Naval Aviation, Air Force Aviation, mm -hmm. uh, Marine Corps, they 
were willing to take higher risk and accept a much higher casualty and failure rate. Interesting. Um, going to see on operations because they felt that they were in a do or die situation in the Cold War, especially in those early years. Right. Sure. Most of the uh, fighter bombers that were spaced uh, that were based all through Europe, that was a one way ticket yep. into the Soviet Union. Yeah. And yeah. you were hoping that you were going to walk out after you dropped off your tactical nukes. Oh, we mentioned the B-57, B-57 earlier. You know, that's what those guys were doing. They were, I they knew were one pilot that flew the B-57, mm-hmm. and he absolutely loved the airplane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he he said it was incredible, and he, said he never understood why they didn't turn it into an interceptor because he thought that it had incredible capabilities that mm-hmm. it could have done like that. Um, but uh, I think it was just an airplane that it filled a gap, mm-hmm. and they didn't mind filling a gap for five to six years. So... And, you know, the next thing came out. There was a, um, a really good story about um, this guy, as a, you know, probably in like Air Force magazine or something. And, and he was a B-57 pilot in Japan. And uh, one night uh, he was on, um, you know, call, whatever, and, and, you know, the big red light goes off. And alert. they have to get into their alert. alert. And they have to get into their planes. And they're nuked up. And... Um, and they just and they they say start your engines get ready to go, so he spent like the entire night out there engine going, you know you got to go in a second's time, and you know he goes through everything that went through his mind because he's thinking it wouldn't be this long unless it's a nuclear you know war because they used to do drills but they were over, you know you do it right. and okay now he's on for like twelve hours, and finally they. Called it down, you know. They they reduced it and they went off alert, and it turned out to be the day that Kennedy was shot, and he didn't know it. None of them knew it, but that's what they did. The entire our, our military forces around the world went on alert because no one knew what had happened. Yeah, it, it happens a lot. It is a it is a very interesting reason uh, behind that. As we observe them, they observe us. Kind of situation mm-hmm. going on there. So if you know that the crews are no longer 15 minutes away from launching because they're no longer inside the alert facility. They've moved to the hangars and they're actually in the hangars. That yes. means it's probably about a five minutes to uh, take on. Yeah. Okay. So that difference of 10 minutes now has cut that down and they'll do that as a visual signal to the world. And those that are observing mm-hmm. yep. that they're no longer 15 minutes to launch. Now they're down to five minutes or less. Right. To launch. Yeah. That yeah. Was, and that was not an uncommon thing to do. Uh, it's like opening the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the silo uh, covers mm-hmm. on the missiles. Yes, sure. And they would open those covers up and nothing else is happening. You're saying that we've, you know, as it was, as was said in uh, Red Storm Rising, mm-hmm. we've unzipped our fly. I was just going to say, our zippers are open. Hmm. Well, you know, uh, once again, another show. Speak but, you yourself. know, th- 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 let's, go, uh, uh, let's go on. But we have to – we should do a show – and what it is is that no matter what, I mean, I know the Cold War, there was, you know, there's a lot of stuff behind it. There's a lot of kind of philosophical stuff behind it and everything. But there was no way that Russia would ever was going to beat us in a World War Three. We had Russia surrounded for like three decades. We were flying stuff over Russia. They weren't flying it over us. They used to try to get what they could get through espionage and stuff like that. Um, but... You know, it, it. Everyone had to be on the same page, and you know, the Cuban Missile Crisis certainly, you know, didn't help. But um, it would have been mutually assured destruction. But had it been any kind of a conventional war, 
I think we would have won. How about that, Coco? Coco Palooza. Um, I think you're correct in that estimation. We have an open society, so that's what makes uh, spying and espionage uh, a possibility. They had a closed society uh, to a great extent Interesting. Yep. on that side, which really required the overflight, and we did not have the human intelligence level engagement as they were had the ability here. Sort of like using your own rules against us kind of thing that yeah, yeah, went fine. on there. Yep. Um, I don't think, though, we would have... Uh, there's no doubt in my mind up until probably the early 60s that we had the capability to uh, bring the war to the Soviet Union and, and be on top of it. I think there was probably now in the 60s going into the 70s a uh, that the mutually assured destruction thing actually rang pretty true. No one was going to win on this kind of a fight. Yep. And, and to this day, no one's going to win this fight. That's why we spend so much time talking about it. Is if there's an accident or if there is a rogue nation or what they sometimes refer to as a red flag yes. uh, event, that you still are able to communicate with the other country to find out that uh, What's what? we didn't uh, do this on purpose or it was an accident mm -hmm. or we're not the players to keep it from going into this escalation. Because you you're not going to win on this one very well. Right. Right. Yeah. No matter how you do it. But right. I yeah, think you're yeah. correct, Mac. And I think the other part is, is this is why so much time is spent in the proxy wars of mm -hmm. like Vietnam, yep. uh, activities that occurred in Africa Angola. and the, the kind of uh, spy versus spy activities that went on mm -hmm. for so long in places like Asia and Europe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, amazing. We should do well. Uh, Phil, a uh, good friend, Phil Orbanes is coming on. Fairly soon, we have, uh, yeah, he always has these really kind of cool spy stories. So much of it was going on in the 50s. You know, there was a there was a spy ring in the 50s run by a guy named Rudolph Abel out of a photography store studio in Brooklyn. 800 people. 800 people in this guy's network, and they're the ones who got nuclear secrets from Alamogordo and so on and so forth. They finally arrested him, and he's the guy that they exchanged for Francis Gary Powers. Powers on the bridge. You two guys, bridge. yeah. Bridges, whatever that movie was, directed by Spielberg. You know I'm not a big fan of his. Tom Hanks is in it. What was Excellent it? Book. Was it The Bridge or something? It's Bridge a of Spies. Bridge of Spies. Spies is a great movie. Excellent. It's a, it's a really, really good movie. And, and you think, uh, you know, what, what, what? You know, they exchanged, but everything that led up to it and how he dealt with the Russians was excellent. Oh, the East Germans was really well done. That's kind of like a sleeper of Spielberg. He didn't slop it up. He didn't glop it up with, you know, syrupy crap. You know, it was just a really good story. Good story. And Tom Hanks uh, was good in it. But anyway, all right, let's go to the next question. Switchy, please. What is the best jet fighter pilot okay. in the last 50 years? Last question was, what was the worst? What best? was the best? Oh, the best jet, jet fighter yes. or yes. plane? Jet fighter. Uh, jet fighter. Jet fighter. Um, I, I'm going to say that it's it's it depends. It's a toss up, but I have to say, pound for pound, dollar for dollar, the F-16 probably mm -hmm. will top out. It's very difficult to separate the F-15. F-15 has the greatest uh, kill to no loss ratio right. of a modern fighter uh, in any nation. The F-18 is a phenomenal phenomenal aircraft for what it can do and, and be sea-based on that. The F-16 uh, is, is very uh, 
it, it, it's high marked in every category where mm. it doesn't have too many lows. Yeah, funny. Um, when it comes to fighting, uh, especially in close, it's a phenomenal aircraft for doing it. It's why it's, it's one of the best aggressor airplanes that's ever been used. Mm -hmm. And it really made our crews uh, that had to fly against aggressor units using F-16. Um, I think uh, the F-22 is in a category by itself what it can do. The yep. greatest airplane, I have to say this, that was not built was the YF-23. That's the airplane that lost to right, the yeah. F-22. Uh, which was the better of the two airplanes. There's absolutely no question in my mind about it. Uh, better range, better speed, better cruise, um, and it could do things. But uh, Air Force and Northrop were not happy in those days. They were uh, not pleased with them. And Lockheed had a better publicity, better uh, yeah. PR kind right. of uh, People thing say the same thing about forward. the F-17, which beat out. Uh, the F-16, and then if you look at an F-17, it has a you know it looks a lot like an F-18. But once again, another show. So, Switchy, uh, next question. We're gonna say F-16. Next. Go ahead. Okay. Um, if you if you if you are able to fly a helicopter, can you automatically just get into an airplane and fly it? If no. you no. Wow, interesting. Whole, okay. Whole different animal. Go ahead, Coco. And, and vice versa, you can't uh, you can't do the same thing in a helicopter. You can't automatically from an airplane step into a helicopter and fly it. Wow. Okay. Um, I would say that the the difference would be something like it's hard to give a really good vehicle kind of uh, example, but it's one if you're in a car and you're in a maybe a tractor trailer or a tractor or a uh, an excavator. It's it's just you have to learn. The, what controls and what does what everything does. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, in some instances, I think helicopters are easier to fly than airplanes. Really? And vice versa. I think there's some instances where airplanes are easier to fly than helicopters. But in a helicopter, don't you have to do like several things, several, it's like playing bass guitar. You have to do things that just don't well, seem you, to. You're using your hands and feet. Uh, almost constantly, hmm. although with the modern flight uh, assists, the different kinds of autopilots and and uh, augmentations that are there, right? You can fly. You can put make like if I have you in cruising flight in a helicopter or cruising flight in an airplane. Once I show you what we're doing, you'll you'll be pretty comfortable. It's when you have to do the back to earth uh, <laughs> or the takeoff or the landing that important part where it starts to get pretty. <laughs> Tricky, tricky, and of course, if you're going to do something like uh, um, hover, yes. um, they used to bring Harrier pilots into helicopters to kind of give them a sense of what it was like to hover before yeah. they put them in the jets as, as a way to, to, to make that. Yeah, and that's I talked to Harrier pilots that never had any of that kind of training, and they did just as well without it. That's funny. So, uh, no one one skill does not get the other um, easily, and uh, there's. Many schools of thought, if you need to fly airplanes before you fly helicopters or, you know, vice versa. Yes. Um, I've just been one of those very, very fortunate uh, SOBs that has flown both and loved uh, every moment of, of all of them. Except for the times that I was scared completely, you know, crazy. You got another show. Hey, listen. You were scared about something? Wait. Oh, my God. There's been plenty of times one, one where, where I'm scared. If you gave me a lump of coal and it was in between me and the seat, I would have given you a diamond at the end of some of the flights. What? <laughs> listen. Uh, well, look, wow. and why don't you lay down and uh, take a tissue here and tell us about it? 
I did, that'll come later. There's, there's plenty of times where I got close on fuel, where I, the, the weather was bad. Wow. Where I pressed longer than I should have. This is like Superman uh, telling us. Sometimes it wasn't for the. There was, there was sometimes it wasn't for noble reasons, you know. Sometimes it was get there itis, which you know has killed many pilots. Okay, go ahead. Where yep. instead of landing when I could have, I went longer, and then it, things didn't work out the way I expected. The fuel is getting lower and lower, and now it's it's starting to really get into the area of of uh, criticality. Yes, there were times that I hung out longer when I thought the guys <laughs> on the ground, guys and gals on the ground, needed me to be overhead. Oh, wow. And uh, I probably pressed it longer than I should have. Huh. So, uh, but I thought that it was, uh, that was worth doing. You know what, Juan won? Wow. He is the sensitive one. He is. Yeah. Okay. He looked for those uh, major highways that he could possibly land in that right. uh, didn't have any. The any highway traffic. system across the country. Helicopter Jersey Turnpike long time. at 2 o'clock in the morning or something. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, wow. thank you, Coco. So, listen, I'm gonna, we're going to, uh, we're in the middle of uh, Coco Palooza. The whole show is about a good friend, Commander Cobra, asking him things because he's, he has a wide knowledge of a lot of things, questions we've always wanted to ask him. And I think I got the next one. Oh, here it is. Okay. All right. You are in an airline. You are a passenger in an airliner. You're up at 35,000 feet, as we talked about earlier. Um, there you go. And Switch, thank you, Switch, for the image of airplane. <laughs> good Switch. One of the best movies. Funniest <laughs> Hey, I got a quick question. Go I ahead. Got a quick uh, comment about that airplane. Go ahead. The pilot on the right, yeah. uh, at my right, Peter, Peter Graves. Graves. Yep. Yep. Who's his famous brother? James Arnest from Gunsmoke. James Arnest. What do you think? James, James Arnest. James Arnest. Right. What do you think? Yeah. We're kids? What do you think? You're dealing with kids here? Didn't know that. Yeah. Listen. What was the difference <laughs> in their heights? Yeah, James Arnest was a tall guy, right? I'm, I'm going to say... Six seven for James Arnes. Yeah, Peter big, Graves six two five really, inch yeah. difference between the brothers. Yeah, Peter Graves. He was in Mission Impossible. He was in uh, Fury. We used Definitely. to watch them on uh, Saturday mornings. Uh, he was in, and he he was in a lot of sci fi movies. You know, he was just uh, like that familiar face. You know, but the funny thing about Airplane mm -hmm. was when I went to go see that. Right, it's like it was like a first date, and we're sitting in this theater and it's mobbed. And there's a scene in it where. The stewardess has to blow up the inflatable pilot. Do you remember that? Remember that <laughs> the scene? oral inflation tube. Okay. Must find the oral inflation tube. Okay, right. So, so me and a guy down on the first row, are the only ones who laugh. Okay. Really? Yes. <laughs> Let me guess how the rest of your that was it. Went. Yeah, first and one the and only. Preoccupied. One and out. I don't know. No one got the joke. What I loved about that scene best was when it was all over. They're both in the cockpit smoking cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No one got that either. Yeah, that was funny. That's a uh, funny so, so much innuendo, so little time. Right, yeah. Yeah, the innuendo in that movie is like it hit with a hammer. you got to be kidding me. Innuendo. Right. There was nothing subtle on your <laughs> See, that was, it, that, Well, that was what's good about it. Here's a joke. If you don't get it, here's another one, you know, three seconds later, right? You, all of a sudden you have June Cleaver jiving, you know, with the brothers, right? <laughs> so what's next, right? Yeah, that was a hey, good – first. I got a question. Great. Go ahead. What, what actual film did they kind of uh, – do the spoof off of for airplane. I know and it. Who started it? I know Airport. It. Airport, yeah. Carlson nope. Heston. Nope. Zero hour with Dana Andrews. Oh, yeah. Same same kind of format. And Sterling Hayden's in it. And there's a scene where he says, This is the wrong week for me to stop smoking cigarettes. Stop stepping yeah. blue. 
But it was. It, but, but he it was, didn't get to the glue or the cocaine or anything. That wasn't Sterling Hating, though. That was. Uh, He's looking at uh, the guy who did undersea uh, bridges. Lloyd Bridges was no, in no, no. In, it was actually I, I just saw the film and I, I just double checked it here. It is Sterling Hayden. Okay. The, uh, yeah, but in uh, airplane, it was Lloyd Bridges, right? Yeah, who says that famous line? So, so is it a comedy? Yes. Is it a comedy switch? It's not a comedy. No, no, is it? no, no. It's a drama. It's, it's like he's a uh, he was a World War II pilot and he uh, he had some kind of issues, you know, uh, okay. shell shock issues or whatever, and he hasn't flown. And so they're in a commercial liner. Yes, and the uh, they have food poisoning, so everybody starts passing out, including the pilot and co-pilot. Wow! So he has to. Uh, he has to this, this That's why they're supposed to eat the same thing. This is yeah. Well, leads the, right uh, into the, the next question. Eat the fish, man. They went down. <laughs> yeah, don't eat the fish if you can't see the water. Look at even from thirty-five thousand feet. <laughs> um, all right, which leads us to question ten. This is uh, Coco Palooza. Twenty questions for uh, the cobra. Okay, so. You're in and we squeeze it into two hours. Yeah, I know. I know. We we have like about nine hours prepared, but let's see what happens. Uh, all right. So you're in an airliner. You're a passenger from an airliner. My timer going either. All right. It, we, That's your airliner. We're going to bring that in later. And, and, and uh, they all eat poison food, as it turns out, okay, including right. – the, is the, there a doctor on the plane? Uh, is screw there a pilot there's a doctor. The, screw the doctor. doctor. And right. he's the one Can anybody fly out. an airplane? Uh, yeah. Is there a pilot on That's the That's what I mean. Could you? Well, the, not, not that is. Good switch. Yes. Good. Could you, Coco, could you land the plane? You're at 35,000 feet. The crew yes. is out. You could sit and take over and land it. Yes. Freaking hey, man. That's cool. So you'd be the hero and get all the chicks. Right. Like Doris Day in airport. She landed the plane. I don't remember Doris Day. I don't remember Doris Day. Okay, me neither. She wasn't surprised that when you, don't, when you check in at the gate that you don't list some of those uh, uh, right. pilot attributes as part of, uh, you know. Right. Because it never happens. Doctor, a pilot. So, it never happens. But let me ask you this, okay? I do know of a, I know of a couple of commercial flights where there one is. of the pilots has died on the flight. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why you have the other pilot. Um, have you ever been that. asked? Have and you been asked? Taking to... nothing, taking nothing away from in, in an emergency situation like that. With right. The, with my particular background, um, I, it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't be pretty uh, in some aspects. What? Uh, the landing? Because of some of the aspects. That, well, no, uh, the, the these planes, if you are with the least bit of coaching, you can you could probably make it work. I mean, what I'm saying is I wouldn't be trying to take it to a short strip. It would be a full-blown emergency. Most pilots with uh, extensive backgrounds, you know, experience could do the same thing. Yes. Um, and if you, and, the, and the conditions get better if you have the ability to, uh, to talk to somebody who can tell you where to go, what to look for on the checklist and do that. Like in that scene from uh, Mad Mad World, remember that? They're trying to talk down um, Mickey Rooney and Buddy Hackett. Buddy Hackett. <laughs> and oh it's my guys, one awesome. of the funniest scenes. Paul Ford, who was from Phil Silva's show, is is trying to talk them down. He's trying to be a hero at the same time, and he's and he's doing it all wrong. And you can just see this long, long, long shot. And here's the plane coming right at the control tower. I mean, it's not special effects. Coming right at it, and he has no awareness of it, and boom, right over the top. Great movie, funny movie. Once again, you know, there's a joke oh, every two minutes. Kill people making yeah, that no. movie. I won't <laughs> yeah. Funny. Fun Jonathan yeah. Winters, funniest 
guy in the world, and they match. We're going with. to have to kill him. So, two brothers yeah, from right, Low yeah. Mass. Yeah, uh, Arnold, we're in the gas station. We're Arnold going Stang. to have to kill him. <laughs> Arnold Stang. Yeah, we're going to have to kill him. <laughs> oh, and, and to yeah, Dick he's Sean. got him tied up with tires. Right. He's got, him, he's got him. That's how he locked him down, and then he runs the place over with their own tow truck. We've really. And then to Dick Sean, the the beatnik, he oh, says, the best. "What's all this cutout talk?" Yeah, yeah. What's this? What's this cutout? Get out of here! They're digging the hole. But Dick are you British? Are you British? Is that a British accent? Get out. <laughs> yes, look at Dick, Dick Sean, who died on stage. Funniest. You have to salute right. Dick Sean. Yep. Funny. Here he guy. is doing his stand up routine, drops dead on stage. People thought it was part of the act because yes. he just fell forward and stopped talking on stage. People sat there for about three, four minutes before they realized, oh my God, this is not part of the act. Curtain. Yeah. Dick he was he in this movie. Springtime for Hitler, baby. Yeah, Springtime for Hitler. You got to see it. He, he yeah. is such a nut, and you and you and in in Mad Mad World too. He's just a nut, and you and you say this guy's acting. They cry. You imagine you're, you're that. Crying with yeah, 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 yeah. Ethel Merman is his mother. Yeah, he's yeah, always, yeah. He's worried about his mom. Right. Yeah. I'm coming to get you, Mama. That is so funny. That is just, you know, you that's, why, that's why mamas have boys. Boys are going to come and get their mom yeah. when they're in trouble. You couldn't. Come, you come couldn't. And get your mom. It, 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 but it took a while for her to drag him away from the bikini. Remember the, the chick? She All she's doing is dancing to some jazz. She's in a bikini. She's expressionless. Yeah. Got a cigarette going. You know, and he's like, yeah, oh, yeah. It's just it's just a yeah, funny. Baby. Oh, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, funny movie. Just a funny crazy movie. movie. Yeah. It's a crazy, crazy movie. Sid Caesar. Sid Caesar's, Sid, in, Sid Caesar's in the plane, and the yeah, cars yeah. are out, out, out distancing in the, the plane. In the biplane, yes. <laughs> right. Edie Adams is his wife. Man, she's beautiful. And yeah. uh, Just one more explosion. Yeah. All we need to do is one more <laughs> tiny explosion. Right, right, right. And they wind up in the Chinese laundry. And all the, all the cameos. Yeah, yeah, sure. Think about all the cameos in Stooges. it. Uh, Jack Benny, you yep. know, for like three seconds. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sto yeah. Stooges are in it for about three seconds. Mac, you are our resident expert. You're the pro no. on, the, on the staff here. No, 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 no. Do you see any possible way that movie could be made today? No. No way. You know why? No, there aren't enough funny people. There's not enough funny people. That, uh, right. could, I think you're right. right. One, one. I could see yeah. them making it, but it would be terrible. It wouldn't be funny like yeah. they were funny, you know? There's no Jonathan Winters. There's no funny. Buddy Hack. You know? There's no Phil Silver. Alleged comedians would not be funny enough to, in no. a natural way, to do this movie. No, I can think of a few people that I think could, could carry the roles out, but they're long gone. Very few, mm. you know. I mean, and, and I was like a huge fan of this guy, but you know, a lot of that died with Robin Williams, frankly. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. that whole kind of Jonathan Winters. The guy that of, played Kramer on uh, yeah. on, uh, yeah, but he ruined on Seinfeld. He, yeah, he could he, do some stuff. He could, he could, he could yeah. they had a physical comedy side to him. Yeah, right. sure. Um, Nothing that, was that forced carry that guy. Yeah, I mean. He ruined his own Robin career. Robin Williams, though? My God, he was, the guy was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Every movie he's in, you're, you're, you're laughing. Even movies that were somewhat serious. Well, here's laughing. the thing, though. You know why? I, I mean, it's, it's a case of knowing too much, but. I knew the guy who was the IT for Robin Williams, and Robin Williams lived in Connecticut. Okay, this is going back some time now, guys, right? 80s. Go, go 80s. The Reagan years. And I knew this guy pretty well. And he said Robin Williams was the most miserable guy in the world. You know, not just— Really? Yeah, mm -hmm. not just what was me, but, you know, he was just— 
you know, do this, do that, hey, this, and demanding and so on. He was just like so uh, wrapped up in his career, I guess. I don't know. They say comedians are always like really, you know, sorry people and, you know, they, they're not laughing all the time and so on. So I have to take it with a grain of salt. But he was great. He was like, he was like Jonathan Winters too, you know. That's where he got his act from. And, and he was funny. He was funny. And he went the bad so Robin way. Williams was kind of an uptight guy. He was very uptight, yeah, uptight. Oh. Had a lot of money. And then, as it turned out, while my friend was doing this, I, and he'd see him maybe once every two months or so, right? He'd call him up and say, come out and fix this. Uh, similar to what you're going to do tomorrow, one one as it turns yeah, out, I guess. right? So, um, Who knows what I'm going to be fixing tomorrow? Hey, hey, take, take it <laughs> off there, there. Um, and... Um, yeah, so he he you know he he just wasn't he he wasn't he wasn't this happy go lucky guy enjoying stuff. Really? You know? mm. Yeah. So Probable. anyway, yeah. So but anyway, that whole to, to answer your question, no, you know, no, they they anything they remake these days, it's not as good, and they bring these people, you know, like all these movie stars in, and they're terrible. You know, Midway is a perfect example. That movie Pearl Harbor, perfect example. These guys, they're flying airplanes and stuff, and, and they look like male models of the 90s, you know? It, yeah. they, they, they just don't get it right, you know, except Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> she was perfect. Kate Beckinsale made that movie. Yeah, you ain't kidding. The Japanese— The three-hour sneak, three sneak attack <laughs> on a love triangle. They can bomb again. For doing the bomb us again. We don't care. Okay, next question. That movie please. put Kate Beckinsale on the map, and everybody was able to pronounce her last name, too. Uh, yeah, right. You weren't kidding. Oh my God, yeah. Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> it's more <laughs> my than two beckons for you. It's more than two <laughs> syllables. Okay, so listen. <laughs> let's see. I think we're at question. Hot. <laughs> well, Still is. Uh, number eight. One one needs water. Uh, oh no, number nine. I have number nine, and what it is? Oh, that's is, right. It's, it's number okay. nine. Yeah. Go ahead, switch it. Goes to number ten. You go ahead. Go oh. ahead, switch. Okay, Commander Cobra. Have you ever gone supersonic? Yes. We, we, we are talking about in a, in a jet or a plane. Okay. Yes. Okay. And describe describe what it was like. What, what, what were the circumstances? Uh, it was uh, flying in the Air Force. It was part of uh, training. And it's it was a great experience to say that I did it. But I have to tell you that uh, it was a bit of a letdown because it was just so easy um it just it happened and it was just it was a kind of a cool thing i much would prefer uh to talk about different aerobatic maneuvers or formation flights that i did that were, were much more engaging uh than supersonic flight but it was mm -hmm. a very cool thing to have in the uh, in the logbook uh did it a couple times in fact. Mm -hmm. i have a, another quick question have you ever been on the vomit comet no Okay. Okay. But I have well, not the one you're referring to for NASA for uh, for training. Intentionally. No, but I have uh, caused my own small vomit comet with students Whoa. over the years okay. who uh, got sick uh, in the plane. So, Let me just yes. uh, explain to people uh, that the worst the... one I remember was tell people the young the young man. Uh, he didn't get his helmet. He didn't get his mask away from his helmet in okay. time and i got right, to listen to him there we go uh <laughs> as he filled the helmet mask it, it was it was and i'm yes. on i'm breathing almost pure oxygen at that point because i i'm psychologically believing i can smell it 
So it's just, it's actually <laughs> killing me. I don't okay. want to get into a sympathetic. Nice. I don't have a lot of brains, but I was blessed with a good stomach. Cool. And, uh, but the smell on a warm afternoon in nice. the South, nice. uh, can, can, can really make it happen. You quick. really know, you really know how to paint the picture. Wow. Hey, listen, uh, so, <laughs> but let me ask you this though. So, so. The vomit comet, we should explain, is this um, airplane. It's a jet airliner, a, a reused jet airliner. And what NASA does was, yes. and there's no way in the freaking, I, I hate flying, to, to, but to do this, you got to be crazy. What happens is that they go up to really high altitude, and they, and they fly almost straight up. And once they get up to the kind of peak of this, they, they turn over. Let me just, they turn over, and they come almost straight down. And what happens is it, it creates artificial non-gravity okay it it creates artificial weightlessness and when you see them in the plane when you see them the video of this and they're floating around and you know and it, and it looks crazy what you don't realize is that they're in an airliner basically heading straight down right Koki? It it's not quite as as uh, dramatic on the uh, on the, the nose up and nose down as, as it looks when you look from the outside and what's, you're flying a, basically a parabolic curve. And when you get to the top of that, you're basically unloading the airplane, which makes it weightless. And, you know, 10 to 15 seconds, maybe a little bit more, the inside of the, of the cabin, uh, there's a section where they basically have it all padded so you can float around and experience what weightlessness is like. Mm -hmm. Certain times in, in helicopters that I was in, if we entered the auto rotation fast enough, you'd get the same kind of feeling for the guys in the back. Interesting. And if they were on gunner's belts, I had guys that would uh, that would do like backflips because uh, they were weightless. They could just float around, and and it comes back pretty quick. Okay. We mentioned uh, auto. So what you're doing is you're just getting you, <laughs> you're getting weightless because you're you're just put enough force against gravity. We had this. Uh... Interestingly enough, that's also a maneuver that you'll do in uh, in tactical type airplanes if you want to maximize your acceleration. You'll actually unload the airplane, bring it to a zero g or a slightly negative g condition, right? And then apply maximum power, and the plane will accelerate its fastest because. You're getting maximum thrust, and the plane doesn't weigh anything. Literally, does not weigh anything for yes. a couple seconds. Yes. So you get this max acceleration. Yes. Wow. I got to say two things real quick. A couple first of, of all, first of all, uh, you know, um, we are a radio show, but uh, Switchy is entertaining us with his background uh, images, and what we're looking at now, which leads us to another thing we were talking about. It's a, oh wow, Switchy, woof wow. What did you have for breakfast? Fake vomit, or is it? I mean, talk about a marketing phrase. You know, fake vomit, or is it? And we were saying, how how do you save uh, seats at a theater? You don't want anyone sitting beside you in front of you? There you go, baby. No one's going to get anywhere near you. Okay. Remember so, the joke shop in Boston? What was the name of Jack, that joke? Oh, God, Jack, I love that shop. Jack. Oh, God, that shop was a mecca for all of yeah. us. Jack's, yeah. Jack's joke shop. Right off Jack's of, joke yeah, show. Right yeah. off Jack's, of the comet. Of yeah. Nuts, man. That was nuts. <laughs> they had the fake, the fake vomit. Yeah. Oh, they had they, 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 they had joke. fake they had fake vomit in different levels and styles. Right, yeah. What you they, have to eat. I mean, it, it you didn't have to just you didn't have to go into the economy. If you had the extra extra pull, you could be there with the deluxe. There you go. The deluxe <laughs> fake vomit. We used to do is we'd hook school, we'd go to Jack's joke store, and then we'd go down to downtown lounge and have a twelve dollar beer. <laughs> right? Remember that place? 
Anyway. <laughs> you had to put your school bags at the door, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, this is Coco's hour, so let's go. Oh, man. <laughs> That's when Boston was really Boston, you know? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Uh, next it's, question. It's toned down now. Yes. Family friendly now. It's family friendly. <laughs> go ahead, please, Switchy. It's the friendly city. Yes. Oh, the next one is um, number eight. Uh, what is the worst place you ever landed? It's the worst place you ever had to land. Are we, asking, are we asking the worst landing or the worst place? I think the worst place. Uh, worst landing could be at the best place. Worst place that I've right. ever landed. That's... Uh, there was a couple spots in Iraq that were very special. Yes. Um, one of the places that we worked out of the uh, the runway was basically a road, and they would come out of the fob and meet us. Hmm. And generally, helicopters would land there, and uh, that was a little extra special. Yes. Uh, for a, a landing place, there's been a couple places. Um, in the United States, that were a little less than hospitable when I got there, uh, from the from uh, like services or what was available. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, um, I, 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 worst places. Goodness gracious. Um, there was a couple places in the Arctic yes. uh, that were uh, extra special. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Landed at Valdez, and I thank everyone in uh, Valdez, Alaska. That yes maintains that airport we landed there in a snowstorm there was no one there we were able to get fuel by credit card they left the door unlocked to their building so i could make phone calls nice. and we took off and kept heading north to get to dead horse alaska uh, that may come up later in the program if we ever get to this part that part of the program the, the next show um yeah um there was a couple ships i landed on that were uh, pretty rough shape Yes. We got to the uh, to the ship and spent the night. Yes, yes. And uh, again, a couple oil rigs I landed on um, in the Gulf of Mexico and a couple other places Go in ahead. the world that were uh, a little bit dicey, but the people were phenomenal. I mean, they would always feed us. They would always take care of us when mm-hmm. we were there. They'd help us chain the helicopter down so it would still be there when like, we came back up and the wind would blow it off, yes. the, uh, off the flight deck. I got to say this. We're going to take That's a hard one to answer. Rig. Go ahead. Warning. I didn't know about the oil rig missions. Uh, what did you do there in the oil rig? Um, we, we sometimes do rescues for oil rigs in the Gulf of Mexico, people that were on the rigs that would get uh, in need of medevac. Okay. Uh, and if the weather was bad and the people, my hat's off to the uh, men and women that fly the uh, support for oil rigs in the Gulf of Mexico. It's, it's, it's tough, hard flying for helicopter pilots. It's, it's demanding work and they, and they make it look easy. Yes. Um, but a lot of times for medevacs, we would use it. And then other times we would use the oil rigs because they carried jet fuel on them for their helicopters oh, wow. as a way to leapfrog out further. So mm-hmm. on one, a couple nights, I remember in really not good weather, because that's usually when the Coast Guard likes to uh, send us out. Yes. Um, landing on oil rigs, uh, taking fuel, and then flying out another couple hundred miles to meet a ship yes. to pick up the. Uh, person that needed to be medevac okay flying back and not having enough fuel to make it back so you land on the oil rigs again and leapfrog all the way back and then usually meet an ambulance someplace do you, uh, on shore. Do you ever fly um, ever fly potty girls do the transfer ever fly potty girls out to those oil um, rigs no never flew party girls out i did have the dallas cowboy cheerleaders in the 80s on yeah. the helicopter they They're were in europe girls. visiting yes and they came on board 
Um, they were on on the helicopter, um, and I did have Miss Belgium or Miss Luxembourg. Listen on to the this helicopter. guy. I, I really, uh, I, I knew it. Really, yeah. <laughs> he he had the Dallas. It just so calmly casual. I had the Dallas cheerleaders on my helicopter. Yeah. How many oh, Dallas they, Cowboy cheerleaders? He could, he, I think it was six or seven. Six, of them. He, he doesn't even know the real number. Of, you lost my track. I lack of uh, following that sport one one. But oh, these were oh, really, oh, really oh, nice oh. women. They were just really, really nice guys. Really, in what, really in really what sport were they cheerleading? Let me, let me, that's I, a, I believe football. it's what you call it here in the uh, colonies football. Yeah, football. Okay, Coco. Yeah. Of course, in the real place south of the world, that's soccer. But, and they probably know, liked it. They probably, you know, football. it was refreshing to talk to someone who didn't know whether they blow it up oh, with air or man. stuff it with feathers. Anyway. Are we still talking about the football? No, why don't we do Hang on. There, yeah, there's a joke in there somewhere. Why don't we do this? Let's take a commercial break now. This is Coco Lapusa. <laughs> Everything you ever want to know about Coco, we're asking him tonight. <laughs> So why don't we take a commercial break now? You didn't rescue any Playboy bunnies from. Uh, we don't know. We got another half uh, hour Wisconsin to go. Wisconsin at that. Uh... Under siege. Yes. No, no, because... I did not do that. But I did meet a gal that was in penthouse who was at the uh, at the officers' club in uh, Nellis Air Force Base, Las Vegas, Nevada. You know they made the rounds. I, I at the Enlistment's Club, as a matter of fact, the go ahead. one of the Playboy bunnies, like a cover girl. Really? Chick or something uh, made the rounds. I should have gone in the service, listening to you guys. You're in movies. You're meeting the cheerleaders. You're meeting the Playboy yeah. bunnies and everything. Uh, you're done I guess in Newport. That was important for the services is to have entertainment, like in in that uh, design. Yeah. You know hey, listen, I mean? let me remind you, someone here, Switchy. Switchy's a person. He spent four years under the water. I know. Right? I couldn't do Switch. it. I, I had the opportunity to do, go to uh, some, only right? about three actually. Three actually. Well, even less than that because we were in the shipyard for a while. Serving, serving. Okay, he wasn't out running around with the Dallas oh, cheerleaders, yes, okay. was he? He was in a nuke. He was in a nuki boat, right? Yep. Yep. Nuki, and yeah. wouldn't see the light of day for years. See. That, well, that, no, we were uh, on the fast attack. You don't. Uh, it's not the boomers. Yes. The fleet ballistic missile subs will go down for several months. Long patrols. We would. The longest I was down was only about twenty-three days. <laughs> but we okay. could go out of the calendar year that I reported on board. Yes. I was out, and they were out forty weeks out of the year. Whoa. Could be six weeks, eight weeks, yep. a weekend, mm. two weeks, five days. You just never knew. When would Under you know? Polar ice caps. You can't come up anyway. We we, we had the capability of of uh, smashing through the ice. Okay. So we never. I never got up there. But I when when would you know? Circle. When would, not under the ice. When would they tell yeah. you? When would they tell you? Oh, this is going to be a seven-day journey. This is going to be a four-week journey. Do you yeah, ever we, we knew. We knew ahead of time. Oh, uh, they, oh, they tell we, you. We didn't know much, much ahead of time, but yeah. we knew when we went out, we knew how long we were going to be out. Okay, yeah. Huh. Wow, really? My hat's Matt, off you to could you. Do that. Just, just the whole, no way. The claustrophobic uh, aspect of that? Uh-uh. Yeah, I, no. I no, couldn't do it. Not me. So anyway. No, you, don't even, you don't even think about it. You've got too many things to worry about. Yeah, I think about it all the time. So, uh this will be Switchy Palooza next week. Yeah. So, Lou, why don't we do this? Why don't we take <laughs> yeah. a? Uh, we'll take a commercial break now. Uh, where? Hey, 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 Mac, ask me about my my worst landing. Uh, go ahead. Your worst what? Say it. <laughs> my worst landing. It wasn't in a plane. Wow. It was falling <laughs> on my arse. Can I tell you uh, something? Anyway, you said a lot I tonight imagine, with yeah. some with some interesting editing. Who knows what will happen? Look at. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take the commercial break now? Switch. I mean, uh, Coco, you're still with us, right? 
the man of the hour? Absolutely, absolutely. Just okay. taking notes. Just making Coco's notes. having a few laughs. Taking notes. Okay. Are you drinking yeah. wine? Are you drinking bourbon? What are you drinking? I'm on a uh, I'm on a Yingling black and tan tonight. Yingling. Oh, black that and yeah, tan. yeah, that weird uh, yeah weird beer company from Pennsylvania. Anyway. We should get them as a sponsor. Oldest uh, brewery in the United States. That's what they say. Uh, th but do you really want beer from the oldest brewery in the United States? What's What's the upside of that? I like their black and tan. I think I it's see. excellent. Okay. Right. I guess the upside is really old beer. Yeah. Who wants that? Right. Anyway, why don't we do this? Aged in uh, old casks. That isn't what you want. In old town. You want fresh beer. You want beer that would be fresh. Isn't that the angle? All the like Yingling uh, lovers out there, yeah. I assure you that my black and tan is very fun. Here, here I, I am. Try it. I don't think I've ever had it. I'm asking the guy who, who, who we drink chocolate beer, right? I actually <laughs> sat next to him drinking a chocolate yeah. beer. I can't believe chocolate it. Chocolate and coffee. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Chocolate and coffee beer. It's excellent. Sounds good. Why don't it's we? excellent. Let's take a break right now. And you're listening to Macaloni's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Coco Palooza. Coco is the man of the night. Uh, we're asking all the questions we wanted to ask him for the past five years. We'll be right back after this. UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft, or someone, or something, looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know, by Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. Wow, what a show. We have for you tonight a special show, Coco Palooza, everything you've ever wanted to know about Coco. But didn't ask. Want to ask him, I should say. Let me introduce the members of the posse. Let me just say, girls, yes, the very famous Juan Juan is here. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. Great show so far. He's getting in the mood drinking love, macadam. Coco uh, what are you? What are you? What are you drinking? What's the name of that stuff? Oh, it looks expensive. McAllen 15. Wow, 15, mm. not 14. 
<laughs> it's finger licking good, it sounds nope, like. not 10, not 12, not 15. Wow. Okay. All right. How much does that go a bottle? It's the spot. It's the spot. What's it, about 150 a bottle? I think uh, New Hampshire, about a buck 20 or something. <sighs> wow. I forget. Some crazy number. Like that. <laughs> okay. That is kind of crazy. Um, I know it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad buying the big bottle of Jack Daniels. So, okay. Um, <laughs> up there in the Great White North. Uh, in his uh, compound, family, his bunker, is the man of the hour, Coco Palooza. They can know him as Coco on the street. We know him as Commander Cobra. Coco. As always, Mac, it is uh, a real privilege to cruise formation. Yes. With the various members of Mac. At supersonic speeds, by At the way. At supersonic speeds. As required, one one. As required. Yeah. As Unbelievable. Required. Yes. The hell with the fuel. Um Speaking of that, we uh, want to go up to our national correspondent up there in Battle Creek, Michigan, Switchblade Steve Ward, Switchy. It is great to be here tonight. Wow. He just tore his glasses Flying off. Flying his crop duster. No, plant, uh, going after um, Cary Grant, right? Is that the famous crop duster? Mm. The image in the back, right? Well, it's not, it's not the famous, but it's. Okay. Uh, I just, just watched that the other day, North by Northwest. Oh, yeah, huh? Cary Grant gets lured to the, uh, I guess it's the cornfields of Kansas, yes. or, or, or maybe it's Illinois. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, gets attacked by a uh, crop dust. By a biplane. It's, it's one of the best it scenes is. ever. In North by Northwest, uh, this is a spoiler alert, but Cary Grant, for whatever reason, is told to take a bus out in the middle of, I think it's Kansas, out in the middle of nowhere. And all it is is they drop him off at a corner, and there's nothing but cornfields all around them, really, right? And he's looking around, looking around. What's going on? What's going on? And way in the background, you see the crop yeah, but dust. First, Mac, first, it's the slow buildup. There's a car yes, that comes yeah. along the highway, Thinks then it's another one. Then another another car comes up and drops off a guy. Yeah, yeah, and right. So he's, he's looking for a guy, George Kaplan, who, of course, spoiler alert, doesn't right. exist. So he walks across the street, and he says, are you George Kaplan? And the old-timer says, can't say I am because I ain't. Oh, there you go. And then he says, but that funny thing, that uh, crop duster is dusting crops where there ain't no crops. There you go. <laughs> That's, you never want to hear that. But in the in the scene where you're, you know, as in the in the lead up, you can see in way off in the distance, you yes. can see the crop duster going back and forth. And the first time you see the movie, you just think, well, you know, he's crop dusting. And then it turns out that he's basically like a little fighter plane. And he's going to shoot Cary Grant, right? And all of a sudden, Cary Grant is like, uh-oh, I'm kind of uh, effed here. But great movie, Alfred Hitchcock. You know, not a nice guy, not a nice human being. But he could make and, – and not the perfect editor or the perfect scene, you know. Um, he didn't really put – Really, Mac? I'm surprised you say that because I thought his editing I thought was held – that he was not, one of the great editors, really. Not in like um, editing. Yeah, he was great editing Psycho. Okay, when it, you know, my as God. They, oh my lord, as they say in he, uh, he had to be possessed when he did that one. In, in film school, as they say, you think you're seeing a woman stabbed in the shower. You never see the woman being stabbed. No, no, you know, no, no. you see the no. knife. You see the blood going down the drain. You see her face. You know, but you watch it and it's you actually go, Hershey's chocolate syrup going down the drain. Yeah, it's in black and white. Gently, yeah, and and it's like. But when you first see it, and I remember when I went to go see it, it was like the movie to see. And the movie your parents didn't want you to see, so you, you know we snuck in somehow. That's a frightening scene, man. Once It's hard to get over that and then watch the rest of the movie you know, with a carefree attitude. But, uh, but he's great like that. He's really good like that suspense. But 
there are some scenes in his movie that that don't seamlessly go, or the storyline doesn't seamlessly go from one part to the other. You know, is what I'm saying. How's that? How's that one one for film right. school? Okay, I like it. All right. Okay. All right. So next question. They, they don't call that continuity. Continuity is like from scene to scene and right. having everything all lined up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, facial expression. It should be the continuity of the, the director. The time when the clock on the wall is uh, fairly close to the time of the scene. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you I have to do that. I like yeah. it when there's a scene where there's a clock on the wall that says quarter seven. And then the next breath. Right. It's like, you know. 3.30. Yeah, you should. The best thing to do is <laughs> don't have the clock second. in the scene, believe me. Get that don't, clock off the wall. Yeah, you don't want to have the clock. Yeah. You know? It broke yeah. up my whole continuity. I hate bad continuity. You know me. But uh, I'm a yeah. continuity freak. Uh, you? You? Where's Juan Juan? What have you done with him? Anyway. Let's get back to the questions. Coco Palooza. Let's get back to the questions. Switch, please. Okay. Uh, weren't you going to do the next one? Or was I going to do okay, the next one? Okay, I, I can do it. Oh, you're going to do the next one about music, right? All right. Do okay. you ever listen to music? I'm doing the next one. Okay. Do you ever listen to music while you're flying? Like if you're flying just by yourself, are you, yes. do you have music in the buds? Yeah. Do you? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, sometimes uh, in the old days, you'd carry it with you when uh, like Walkmans and things were, uh, and we had actually cassette tapes. Uh, kids, you need to get the iPhones and look what? that up in Google, yeah. uh, what uh, cassette tapes were. No idea what he's talking um, about. So- now on some of the uh, airplanes, you can actually get uh, entertainment media. Uh, same time, I'm getting like weather and navigation information Is on the satellite wise? stream. I can actually pick up some uh, some music. Is that why? Like news talk or stuff like that. It's just really talk radio. Is that so, why to have the pilot listening to talk yeah, radio? Yeah, talk radio. Flying? Sure. Yeah. You, oh, I my mean, goodness. there's all kinds of things you can pop in there. Okay. Um, I've got a Sony Walkman AM FM cassette. Yeah, but you're not well, flying. Well, there you go. So, you're flying an airplane? Thanks for joining, yeah. the, uh, joining the party. <laughs> what would you get at a yard sale? I still have. I love that Walkman. Yeah. I have a, a, a mini disc Walkman as well. Really? Yeah, mini disc. Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah, those. I've never seen one of those. Yeah, but they, they were around, yeah. though. They were around for a while. Yep. I called it a Walkman, too, and it was so... The, uh, the ripping of CDs to put on your mini disc yes. was a total proprietary... Software. Sony owned it. Interesting. And they're the only ones that had it. Okay. One one Palooza. So look at there, so there you go. All right. So uh, so you can you listen to music to but how can you how can you separate it from all the chatter? That's another question I want to ask you. How can well, you a understand? lot of times there isn't a lot of chatter back. Okay. Like if, when I was flying from coast to coast to get to uh, the work location, you know, yes. Yes. various secret missions. Uh, there's a lot of times when you're just flying and you're not talking to anybody. Um mm-hmm. You don't have constant, you know, as long as you're staying on the course that you've set up for the flight plan. Okay. Um, and, you know, you have the, the primary radios and you have places that you have to make uh, connections or you're told to switch to the next uh, controller, you know, yes. the area. Yes. You have that on the background. And yes. in most of the really good systems, as soon as they call, it blocks out that, that, that music. Oh, we're so all good. The okay. Radios yeah. take priority over what's going on with it. So. Good, good. Uh, switchy. This uh, leads right into the next question, please. 20 questions for Coco. Everything you want to know. Coco Palooza. Switch. And this is the question that everybody wanted to know first. How do you go to the bathroom when you're piloting long flights? Uh, it depends on the particular depends. type of aircraft. It depends on the so, depends. as it goes. Okay. As it goes. And I, I actually, there's a couple funny uh, adjuncts to this story. I'll bet. So... Um, you have 
sometimes you have a thing called a piddle pack, which is basically a kind of like a Ziploc bag. It has a small sponge in it. You uh, kind of loosen up all the uh, seat belts and everything, wow. and you get yourself positioned, and you Physician. kind of, you know, you end up uh, relieving yourself into uh, the bag. Um, and then, of course, the uh, you seal it up. Uh, my personal favorite and my favorite, because in Iraq, we were constantly bringing and drinking water. Yes. And you did not sweat it all out. Go ahead. I preferred to carry a detergent bottle. Uh, because it didn't require nearly as much physical maneuvering uh, in the plane. And then I'd have a nice secure cap because you wouldn't want anything to happen after, you, you, after you've done that. You say uh, a detergent at bottle? inside the plane. A detergent so, bottle? A detergent bottle? Sure. Yeah, and, you know, it has, it empty, has a wide and, enough opening, too. Yeah, and it's you know nice, smooth plastic. How do you know? You can hang it with one hand while really? you're still flying the aircraft. What, like, like, uh, like Tide or something? Like a Tide plastic jug? Yeah, yeah like one of those. Yes, huh. I, I don't I don't like to throw name brands. The large economy. So hey, I said working know. some kind of an angle for a sponsorship, but I don't nope. think you can tell Tide that I was peeing in their bottles. Anyone? It's going to really like work out for them to come across with the green yeah. fire. But Did you? Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to tell you that. Now, Did the you? other... Uh, Part of relieving yourself, that's going to be adult diaper time. There's just no See, getting around that. Now, doesn't seem I had a couple of times, I had female, uh, obviously female flight students, and I had female crew members. Question three. Um, they have a small adapter gear that they will use. But don't say Sometimes that. it could be really embarrassing. It could be really embarrassing. Don't. So I would do something like I would hang a towel between us so that to separate it so they could have a Coco. couple of minutes of privacy. Coco, the and, gentleman. Uh, most of the gals I work with, you know, you, you got to the point where you were somewhat dehumanized or you were, you were. The way was just, can just, I stop you? It, it was just something you had to do and you got it done and then just is, went on to the next thing. This is sound like a DC it, comic. It's, it's a really glamorous it, in any way. It, it, you no, know, it's not. And it's a really a big deal because pilots um, often suffer from, uh, kidney stones because of not passing because they hold yeah. for such a long okay, time. Okay, listen, hold on. Let's so stop, this is, stop. This is an issue that's becoming an issue. Stop. Okay, so we have to ask you this question, okay? First of all, the planes, are, aren't you talking about planes that, that when you're in the cockpit, they're like the size of a Volkswagen bug, apparently, you know, approximately? Yeah, yeah. Small. Sometimes, you, sometimes you're sitting side by side. It, obviously, when you had a tandem cockpit, you Right, sure. They're behind you. Okay. Separated yeah. from, you know, four and a half. So you're saying that you have flown long distances with a female pilot in the other seat, just inches, literally Our inches away, and you've put up a towel between you and her, and she's yep. done her business. Yep. Yep. I'll take Coco. Let me let's let's clap for Coco, wow. please. Come on, can, can we, we just have some? Yeah, clap loud for Coco. On He's that like one. Clock Abel, and it happened one night, except in the air. Uh, I've actually held the uh, the vomit bag for uh, crew wow. members in the other seat as well. So yeah, you know, and then pass them the water and the paper towels to kind There's of clean up. There's no way, boy. Uh, how can you not impress a, a girl? Uh, uh, you know, with I'll hold your vomit bag. Hold, uh, yeah, hold her hair back. I've, I've held some hair I'll back do it for you. Hold your vomit bag. Never a vomit bag. He stopped us. Wow. Yeah. Only Coco. That's pretty good. All right. Why don't we do this? Uh, next uh, question, Switchy, please. <laughs> <clears throat> I think the next question is uh, kind of uh, along the same. Well, go ahead. I don't know if it's along the same lines or not. How many Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders did you teach <laughs> how to fly? Wow. Well, that's just sort of, sort of the question is right. Have you ever brought a female passenger with you for a joyride? Well, I think he's already answered that. 
in the previous question. Yes, I mean that that does that doesn't seem the least bit surprising. Huh. Okay. Obviously, okay. my favorite female passenger was Mrs. Cobra. Next question. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. Good answer. Hang on, let's see. Perfect. Okay, well, just has to go uh, into this you one. You want to do the next question, man? Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to. Uh, we know what the mile number high. Number four? Yeah, we know what number four. We know what the mile high club is. What's the 10 mile high club? Hmm. No comment. Well, okay. I was going to say you can make it up if you want, but I like that. No comment. Okay, let's see. So, number three. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Number three, switchy. When you flush, we're on the same subject here, I guess. When you flush the toilet on an airliner, is it ejected out of the plane? Do they just eject that? Not it's since about eight, not not since the nineteen forties, fifties. Okay, uh, do you have right. open air uh, toilets? Really open um, air? Because I've, I've heard you've flown over Max House a few times. No, wait a minute. Early early okay. airline. Well, I, now that now that you're going there, I will. Yeah. share a very cute story that ties into an earlier question that you asked. Go ahead. So on airliners, uh, that, that is contained. Yes. Um, what has happened in the past that there has been leaks from that is a yes. blue chemical that it goes into yes. the tank where like in a potted jug. So there has been ice formations of this outside of the airplane that will break off and right. they have actually killed people. Really? Uh, in, in the years where this, this this large chunk of ice from the airliner will come down. And Listen, I just got to ask you this. Happened. I just got to uh, ask you this. It, 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 it is God must really hate you if you get hit with some, you know, blue ice, you know, packed with urine and who knows what else, and it hits you and kills yeah. you. Right? I mean, you must have done something. Go ahead, please, Coco. Sorry. So, Sorry uh, to interrupt. Next, next part on that. Uh, this 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 business that uh, which was alluding to over Max House, yeah. I had yes. at one point in my career I had a West Point graduate in the back of one of the airplanes I was flying. We were flying over Annapolis, pretty high altitude, and he said, "Oh, a circle here, circle here." And what he was doing was taking a leak because he was a West Pointer over Annapolis because he wanted to do uh, mm -hmm. Army-Navy business going on. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's a Years later, I Come had on. a Navy uh, uh, Academy grad in the back of the aircraft. We're over West Point uh, along the uh, river, yes. and we circle West Point. He does the same now, thing. Wait a minute. Hold, hold, wait a minute. Okay, so now <laughs> twice in your career That's you've cool. brought people up so they could urinate. Are they outside of the? Are they are they urinating outside the airplane itself? Yes, yes, they are. What? Uh, uh, they, oh, there's a there's a relief tube in most of those airplanes, and it doesn't retain the. As you were asking, if it dropped on the ground, okay. In some airplanes, it does just go out of the airplane. It's that's, a relief. That's tube? not right. That's a yes. great name for a band, relief tube. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Would you like to hear? Would you like to hear a really classic story about yes. a relief tube? In yeah. Two, yeah. Okay, two so minutes. Two in minutes. In the helicopters. It was, you know, in bigger airplanes, we have crews, you have relief tubes. You had them up for the pilots in their seats. Yes. You had one in the back for uh, the uh, the rest of the crew. Yes. So uh, it was a real funny joke when those earplugs used to come out, those yes. uh, soft styrofoam earplugs. Guys would shove the earplug down in there so that it would kind of block the tube. So if somebody used it, it would drain <laughs> really slowly. Okay. Oh, so 
Wow. Um, I was flying on the wing in a helicopter with a very good friend. And we were flying into Belgium. We were delayed because the weather was horrible coming out of England to do this uh, tactical insertion. And I know we're getting close to the spot where we're going to do this assault-type landing. We're basically bringing these two big helicopters into this field. Yes. You come in really fast. You flare. You land. The ramp goes down. The guys run out. Well, we're getting close, and he hasn't given me the signal to, uh, you know, get into the position where I should be. Still has to be in a wing position. Yes. Or I should be more trailed at this point. One minute. I fly up alongside. I fly up alongside, and I'm looking into the cockpit, and I see this argument between him and the other pilot. Not good. And then I slide back, get the signal, we land. Well, what had happened was he had drank a lot of coffee. He had to use the relief tube. It wouldn't drain. He had to actually do the landing, so he, he wanted the other pilot to hold that relief tube while he did the landing. The guy basically told him to, you know, F himself, wow. obviously, yes. that he was going to hold that. So In what he did is he put his hand over the top of the relief tube, and he blew into it to get it to go through. I don't <laughs> well, even want to tell you what his call sign was after that. So the next question, please. I can guess. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Wow, that's a great story. Next question. <laughs> yeah, okay, listen. So That's above and beyond the call of duty. We're coming. Yeah. yeah, you should get a medal for that one. one <laughs> yeah. They don't have medals yeah. for that. Just go see the airplane. Look, let's have uh, let's go to the last question. I mean, the very last question has to do with something with Michael Bay, his dogs, and his scrotum or something. No, that's calls, not dogs. Right? But the question I want to ask you, the, the last question, we're getting to the end of Coco Lapuza. Okay, we've asked him twenty questions tonight. He's managed to answer all of them, plus some extras too. So let me ask you this though, Coco. Okay, last question. Uh, do you think when the day comes where Switch is going to be the employee for the day at Sweetwater's Donuts Mill in Battle Creek, Michigan, do you think he's going to be able to handle it? Do you think he's going to, you know, stand up to the pressure? Oh, no doubt. Really? No doubt. No okay. doubt. I, he, right. First of all, he's going to carry the uh, he's going to carry the Macaulay Milter X file. Guide on That's into the battle there. That's the violently. There's no doubt about that. Go ahead. The he's standard. going. To, he, 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 he's, he, it's. I, I expect. And when it comes to the culinary combat arts, Go ahead. there's nobody on the staff here at Macaulay's Military X Files that has more hands-on ability Been to take switched. this on. And he's very personal. He's a very personal man. So I think he's going to do well with the public. I think okay. he's he's going to have the face. Obviously, no one can be the metrosexual that one one is wow. in this situation. But You're honestly, right wow. I'm not sure one one could pull off the delivery of the donut and wow. the small talk. One oh. one would have to be the front shot. Are you have to be on the other side of the oh, no doubt. I think I think I think Switch. He this is the man, the mission, and and the time. Why are you why are you pulling the pin? Why are you pulling the pin out of the hand grenade with two minutes to go in the show? One one, I'd be offended. I think that was inappropriate. I am offended. I'd be the like the the Barishnikov of the donut industry. Mm-hmm. I'd be uh, back and forth, uh, swishing and swaying with really? a, a, a dozen donuts two, of two. a multiple variety. I've two, always two. thought of you kind of on the ballerina side. Thank you, you bet. You bet. You see me in tights. Two two included. You see me in tights. How? And I'd be presenting that dozen donuts like a bouquet of flowers. Wow. Interesting. How about that? Let's do a play. Tights, tights and a tutu. Yeah, ballet about donuts. No one's ever done it before, I'm sure. It's all about it with donuts as it is Musical with ballet about food. Donuts. It's all about presentation. Okay, listen, before we go now, I have hey, to. Instead of tutus, I'll have donuts. What you're saying is the ballerinas 
would have donuts instead of tutus. Listen, you know what? I'd, I'd, I'd drive all the way back. up there to do that. <laughs> I would drive all the way up there to have a head opportunity to do that. Me too. Yeah. Wow. I'd love trip. to see that. All right. water. Thank you, Coco. I appreciate you wow. uh, mentioning Wahaven. Yeah. Yep. Still a favorite, as it turns out. Uh, so anyway, thank you, Coco, and I'm thank you for your thank you for your service. Are you, well, you don't want to mention to people that you wrote me a twenty-page, single-line, both-side complaint letter. Scathing critique. Scathing legal critique. Legal pad. Legal pad. Legal pad. <laughs> Scathing critique. It went on and on and on and on. On the technical flaws. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And on the end, he gave you me. Still a have it, Mac? Oh, of course I have it. <laughs> but yet, Mac hanging up in me. my room. Yes. Yet, yeah. Well, because he left Mac his number. And and I say it'd be easy for me to just call this guy, you know, <laughs> to respond to this, you know, landing speeds of that's great. Three, day, three days before Christmas, yeah, in nineteen ninety three, I believe. Put music behind this. Go ahead. Phone rings. I'm making Christmas cookies with my son, who's now uh, a cook guardsman himself. There you go. And uh, I pick it up. I go, hello. And Merry Christmas. Hi, this is Mac Maloney. What's wrong with my books? That's I think how it no, started. I think the operator said we well, accept the charges. Yeah, that's then exactly I, right. Okay. Yeah. That's well, great. yeah. Well, I thought I, I thought I could leave that. Out. Remember that? I'm a collect call. Uh, Mac, you're going to put some uh, romantic music in. Oh, it's right. in that's there. Cool. It's already in there, brother. Yeah. Believe me. And you became okay. his. Uh, I figured. His military advisor, technical editor, and that whole thing, right? At least initially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess you could say that if you want to dress up yeah, history. You, you ran that, some of those uh, technical what, aspects of what, what, what's really fire. pretty. What's really exciting with Mac when yes. he's working one of his projects wow. is if I'm at the computer, he'll send me an email or a text. That's and true. he'll say, I, "I I'll need to do this," and it'll be something involving like an airplane or something like that. <clears throat> and I will come back and give me example or give me some suggestions on how it could happen and, and things to go. Right. And uh, the, the the part that since we've gotten to know each other better over the years, he'll now now he'll preface it sometimes. Look, I don't have all day to talk to you I've about never this. Said I that. need this I... to fit. <laughs> I need it. I need this to fit in like five sentences. I've said that. Okay. <laughs> I need it in a hurry. Yes, I've said that. But it's it, it, it's it's really. I stuff don't have like, all day for this. But it's stuff like you, you know. Just give me some. What survives a, a you know catastrophic crash of a B fifty two bomber? And, and you and you gave me great advice: the engines and the landing gear, everything else. The Mac would send me yeah quickies uh, like about uh, technology stuff. But it's okay, usually about X hamster. The bad guy blow up the internet. Can I put a bomb in an RV in front of a uh, building and right. blow up the internet? That's I don't remember bad. that oh. FBI. If you're listening in, I don't remember really. But I've asked you, like, the, what's the strange qualities of radio frequencies and stuff like that? I've Right. Yes. I've, can certain radio frequencies fry your brain? Can certain radio stuff frequencies jam you know, something? Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Coco. Those kinds of emails. It's kind of cool to respond to them. Let's drag it back to Coco. Okay. All right. Definitely. Especially those replies about ex-hamster and how sometimes I can't get on. Uh, thank you very much, Cece, for joining us. We appreciate it. We appreciate your service in the military and also in Bad Boys 2. I was and, in the military when I did that. And also when you uh, flew the Dallas cheerleaders around. Were you gonna, right. Yeah, okay. Yep. And um, First time I heard that story. He should be. Yeah. No, he should be. He's the comic book guy. He's the comic book guy. And we started off with him saving everyone in a commercial airliner, landing the plane.
and so mm-hmm. on. And then you know, he comes out, and he's in a uniform. He's got a cape. You know, two C's on it instead of the big S. Well, we can lose the cape, but he's got ribbons everywhere. Ribbons like battle he's ribbons. Festooned with so many ribbons. It's funny, you know. But one one, hmm. I uh, I don't, I never, unless I had to, I never wore all my ribbons. I only wore what we call top three. I always no, I, fruit I've salad. seen your coat. I saw you. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did. Coat. You saw the coat. You, you I had saw a the coat. coat in the office. I saw I the yeah, you had a coat feeling. That's jeez. Uh, saw the coat. Where'd you see his coat? You mean like his George uniform? C. Scott and really, uh, yeah. Doctor Strange? <laughs> okay, look. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, thank you, Coco. For letting us do this to you tonight, Coco Lapuza, really appreciate it. I uh, thank you, uh, Switchy. Really, really appreciate it. Rum, two pieces of rum cake into was, the day. Yep, my pleasure. Okay. And I'm fasting tonight for my. They're uh, uh, going to withdraw blood from me tomorrow. Okay. Yes. Good luck uh, with that. Hope the results come out well. He's going to a so vampire. I'll be, be counting the hours and minutes away where I cannot eat tonight. Right. He's going to a vampire, yeah. not a doctor. And uh, all I just want to say, he had to say, don't don't eat after midnight or something. He said right? he was a doctor. That's church. Yeah, that's 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 the Catholic Church. Don't eat after midnight. Uh, thank you, Switchy, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. My we like we like the look. We like the new look. You know, haircut. You like the haircut? The shaved look. Yeah. Well coiffed. Yeah, really. Well shaven. I, I try to keep myself cleaned up a little bit now and then, you know. Now and then. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Thank you. And believe me, yeah. Switchy Lapuza is coming very soon. Take it from me. Okay. Oh, so no. Get ready for that. No. Yes. <laughs> thank you for joining us. JJ, thank you as always. You're welcome. I live for this. It's a pleasure. Yes. Okay. We will see you tomorrow, but stay on so I can yeah. go down the list of rules. Okay. Yep. You know what I mean. Thirteen hundred hours, right? Uh, correct. Yes, Coco. I will. Uh, if you stay on, I can talk to you as well. How's that? But we have hey, to end excellent. the show. We have to end the show. We have to say uh, the plugs are this: Homestar Troops. Homestar Troops. Uh, just Google them. They are a military charity uh, who buy, build homes for disabled veterans in the Afghan and the Iraq War. Um, and they, they build them to adapt to um, a lot of these people who are in wheelchairs or whatever. And then they just give them the key. No mortgage, nothing. They get the house for free and they deserve it. Homes for our troops. Just um, Google them. Also, the People's Mosquito Project, our good friend, Ross Shop and his mad Englishman friends are rebuilding a mosquito warplane from World War II. Made olive wood, almost. And they put two Rolls Royce engines in it. Um, and it became one of the fastest planes of World War II and has a really great legacy, and they're putting it together, and they're going to um, give us rides in it once it's rebuilt. Talk about parachutes. Yeah. Because I'm going to bring one. I don't know if I'm going to do the ride. I'll wait for you to do it first. Oh, I'm going to go first for for a change? Okay. All right, (laughs) really. I thought Switch would go first, frankly. Um. If, if my if I have time on my extremely busy schedule. Okay, all right. We put you down as a maybe. Um, also, we should say we're a podcast now, and we're on um, Stitcher. We're on Podbeam. We're on Apple Podcasts. Um, we're 20, everywhere. Even Alexa knows about us. Yep, Alexa. Just ask Alexa. Alexa, please. And don't, don't forget, though, Seacoast Oldies has its app as well. 
Thank you. Right, Seacoast right. Oldies. Seacoast Oldies for uh, up and down the New England coast. We are now on their mobile app. So download Seacoast Oldies mobile app, and uh, you hear it's just like a real radio show. And it only took five years. Uh, Switch, you reminded me today, five years we've been doing this. So for the Beatles, It'll be five years for me in February. We got so you, you guys have been doing this longer. Don't say that. I re- I think of it as about two years, maybe, of fun. Thank you, Switch. Thank you, JJ. Thank you, Coco, and thank you, You're everyone, uh, for listening in. Until you hear us next week, this is Mac from the entire gang saying, "Be safe, be happy, and bye bye."